0: Okay, let, let 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 let's begin. G- give me your beat. There. Yeah. There's no no is expensive though. Like, so their gas is expensive. Amazing. I think amazing i seen you amazing. one day get gas there. I'm like, oh, he's a savage, dude. He's yeah. spending 4 bucks a gallon right there. <laughs> when uh, you can literally go right, <laughs> yeah, right around the block and get, like, EDF for, like, a dollar cheap. They're pretty yeah. They're pretty
1: expensive. I took, like, one drink, and, like, my whole throat froze up. I was, like, just sitting in my car. It looked like I was crying.
0: Is it a real slushy <laughs> like or like a fake the, one?
1: It's a real one.
0: It's got yeah. a dog. Got the, the dog? Okay, yeah, the dog. The
1: dog the so no, anyway, I traded
0: a half-finished drawing for this. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm Dave.
2: And I'm Jade.
0: All right. And we are here with Art Connoisseur, um, a.k.a. college, uh, I don't What do we call it? Michael Hurst. Like Michael Hurst. Besties. You like <laughs> yeah. Michael or Mike? What uh, do you prefer? Michael. Michael? Yeah. Michael Hurst. I've grown up since college. Grown up. We all have. Yeah. Some. David. David. His mom still <laughs> calls him David. There's there's like Jacqueline. that. Jacqueline.
2: Oh, <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> i saw your literally no out one calls like, me Jacqueline. i was like what the fuck i thought
0: her,
1: i thought your name was jade yeah with the d yeah and did you think that was then, her real but name you always put ja
2: yeah
1: maybe i've just been pronouncing it incorrectly no i saw it was and i was like oh i've got like three friends that's like my shoot
2: name now so i'm like that's your what like my real life name is what Jacqueline. PNG,
1: that's what people call you.
0: Oh, yeah. No, they call me Jay. Yeah, they call her Jay. So I, I hate Jay. So it's like Jay McWhorter, Jay so Cruz. Jay, Mc,
1: Jay McWhorter. McWater. McWater. It's just uh, it's hockey all guy.
0: my friends growing up were Jay. <laughs> yeah. Jay McWhorter, Jay Owens, Jay, like all Jay, so Jay because, Stevens. Because
2: Dave assumes <laughs> that name to a specific gender.
0: Yeah. He doesn't yes.
2: like that. That's what I've been called my whole life, even my though I'm a female. So. Names Jay. Yeah yeah so but it kind of that's it seems like how you call me is basically how where i know you from right so it's like um growing up
1: yeah so like growing up my
2: whole like everybody called me jay so if you call me jay you either know me from growing up or from work. But if you call me Jade, I probably know you through music somehow. So like I met Dave in music and the how I got that name was I'm named after my grandma. And we had the exact same name. So um people would know like my dad's last name. So then they started looking me up in the phone book. So they were calling my grandma all the time. And my grandma would be like, Your friends are calling my house for you. Do they know you don't live with me? And you know, and it's like I would feel bad because she'd be like your friend called me last night. I think it was important. He called at three a.m. and I'm like, "No, grandma is just some random weirdo." Asked me if I
3: was up. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's just well,
2: yeah, it's just weird. You know, just you weird up? people. You know, like just trying to locate me or whatever. And, hang out. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So it's like, I'm like, sorry, grandma. No, you know. So then I was like, I'll change it and I'll have this like, you know music name yeah. so then it's like it, when people call me that I know that I know you from music and from then music. Okay. I know Dave from music so everybody that I'm associated with through Dave call me Jade so okay and then, then it's also calling, good for I
1: start calling you Jay
2: that, yeah that'll work <laughs> no, out I don't know you through music and
1: no, I don't you know it bothers him so no just call, so call her I'm call oh you. oh is that what
0: it bothers <laughs> Dave so I'm gonna call well, like everybody call Jacqueline
1: everybody I knew pre-2005 calls me Mike there's a couple professors like, like Kevin Kelly calls me Mikey
0: Kevin Kelly
1: the artist. He was an artist. He was a art. He's an artist, but also taught at the Art Academy. And then everybody post. Who
0: right, was the chick school. that was there at, at the Art Academy? So for everybody that doesn't know, me and Mike went to college together at the Art Academy since Cincinnati. That's where I met you. Was yep. at the Art Academy. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of stories from them. But uh, okay. who was the chick there? there? There was a chick that I had in Is this uh, a professor. Poor. Yeah. 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 Page. 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 That's she's it. She's
1: like she's the dean now. Paige
0: Williams. Yeah. And then. Who was her? It was
1: like Paige, Gary, and Kim Krauss were the three main. Like, okay. And then Mark Thomas in illustration and Becky Seaman and sculpture. Those were like right. the five core, core people. Core people, yeah. And almost all of it, Like, Kim just left last year, I think. Yeah. He stepped down or Gary's pretty retired. active on
0: the social media. I see him he's, a lot. He's
1: very active. He tried to retire, but he missed teaching. Like, he's a natural-born teacher, so he came right. back. So he's still there? Class, so yeah.
0: What does he teach? Core? Like I don't know. The foundations or whatever i think that's what i had him for. Yeah,
1: i don't know what well, i think he probably does foundations still yeah. or i would hope if they have like a philosophy class he would teach that. Right. Um i don't know Gary is just like the all-around mentor for every student at the school. Yeah. Like if any like if i ever had a problem i would go talk to Gary.
0: And he would help you figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> Gary's like, a good guy. He's like
1: everybody's like guiding light through life.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And like a it, which is necessary at a school like the art academy. Yeah. Cause there's so much posturing that goes on there really. that like, yeah, I mean, everybody's like just trying to be so like fucking radical all the time. Yeah. They're like, Oh no, we're so (laughs) anti-conformist. We do this, we do that. And Gary's like, if you have like a serious life problem, you don't want to talk to somebody who you don't even know who they really are. Right. Like I don't want to talk to a teacher who rides a fucking skateboard to school. If I have, like, a serious life problem, I want to talk to Gary. <laughs> right. <laughs> talk to somebody who has, like, a family what? and has, like, real life. Don't you think that
0: comes with age, though, too? Like, I feel like Gary is an older, wiser man. No, like I don't think it so. It doesn't come
1: with age. It's a maturity thing, and yeah. that's that's not about age. It's about mental maturity.
0: Yeah. So, you you know, well, I guess I do, too. Yeah, like, Jeff Robinson, he's kind of like a mentor, and he's younger than I am. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, probably. I feel like you—you get older, though you get a little bit wiser to things, (laughs) and you think about things deeper. So it's like if you could go back in time, everybody says that I wish I could go back and know what I know. Yeah, throw it over those mountains, (laughs) right? (laughs) Or uh, what's his name from uh, Married with Children? Oh (laughs) yeah, Al Bundy.
1: Yeah. The older I get, the more I understand Al Bundy. Yeah, <laughs> like well, the more that can exactly. makes sense to me. All that
0: stuff, that, like all the stuff we watched as a kid, or like I think about often, like my parents, I talk about it a lot. Like when you're growing up, you're like, oh, you don't fucking know shit. You don't know this. I do this. I do this, And then when you get our age, you start thinking of all those things and all those moments. And then yeah. you're like, man, she was right. He was right. Yeah. You know, and it's, that's all it is, is all about you like, thinking about all those times when they were right and you thought they were wrong. Cause you thought, you know, you're young. You think, you know, everything. I got two teenage yeah. boys right now. It's like, it's all, I'm like, look, man, one day you'll figure it knows out. everything. Yeah. They
1: had two and a three year old. They know everything.
0: Well, I tell my kids now, like my <laughs> so, biggest thing, like with date, I tell him, I'm like, dude, when you stop giving a shit, what people think about you, life will be so much better. Like, that's I it. think that's the main thing is, like, everybody <laughs> thinks that we're being judged or that guy over there is thinking, you know, and I'm like, if you can get in a mind state where you don't think like that and you just don't care what people think about you, life's going to be a lot easier, I feel like. That's true, but it's
1: it's tough, like, and it's my personal opinion. I'm not an expert. I was only a teenager. For, we're not.
2: We're just bullshit. I was only a teenager, teenager for, for, you years. know, nine years.
0: <laughs>
1: but, like, when you're that age... For the majority of it, you don't have a job. So, like, you don't have money. So, all you have is your personality and your style. Right. And oftentimes, you're getting your clothing from your parents. Or, like, you're getting personality traits that you're inherited from your parents. And you think your parents are lame. So, you're trying to, like, develop your own, like, style and personality. And it's, like, that's all you have. So, if somebody knocks it, it's, like, it's crushing to you. I
0: went through that a (coughs) lot. Like all those changes, Absolutely. like skateboarding. I used to go through my skateboarder phase where I made my own clothes and yeah. I wore a chain wallet and then like the skateboarders would call you a poser. Yeah. And it was crushing. Like, oh, you like find... Green Day? Like you're a poser, dude. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, well I guess this isn't the group. I'll go over to this you're like, group. like,
1: how the fuck
2: do I fit with this group? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: You're trying to be yeah. unique.
0: You are, yeah, you like, are. It's so, now, so hard. But like you've to never me, done it before. it's like all that makes the soup <laughs> of me now. Because, like, I love listening to Rancid and all that shit when I was in that phase. I'll listen right. to that, you know. And it's like, yeah, it's just weird.
1: It's so hard. But as an adult, like, if somebody asks you, like, oh, what kind of music do you listen to? And you say something and they're like, oh, that's so fucking lame. Like, as an adult, you're like, I don't give a fuck. This is what I listen to. Right. I don't care. This My, is what uh... I listen to when I cut the grass. And it's like, <laughs> as a kid, you can't say that because it's, it's, it hurts. What, but as an you adult, f- you're like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to hang out with you every day. We're not, right. I'm not going to ask you to come over and listen to music with right. me.
2: <laughs> this yeah, is what I'm doing. Like, like my kids uh, are uh, uh, Dave, my oldest son, his friends. They would make fun of me because I would drive them in lacrosse practice and I'd listen to Cardi B. But like I grew up my whole life listening to rap music and I'm like, yeah. uh, you know, I really try to represent girls. So like even if they're not the greatest rapper in the world. I'm going to like their stuff anyway because at yeah. le- they're out there and they're pushing it. And they would be like, I can't believe your mom listens to Cardi B. And it's like, that's right. And I don't do no sauce boys, bitch. And they're like. <laughs>
1: I don't know what that is. So I <laughs> that's either. Cardi B.
2: It's was, a Cardi B song. Right, is it? Yeah, what's so if you listen boys? to Cardi B, it's so like. So what's a sauce boy? It's basically, it's like a fuck boy, basically someone that you take a advantage of and you you and know you, you don't said, want any relationship you told them
0: you don't mess with no sauce boys
2: yeah <laughs> well, I hope not <laughs> yeah at this point but I'm just yeah, saying married, but, but they married understand lady. what it means yeah. you know yeah. so
0: and yeah. then they're sitting back there like damn I'm one of those fuck boys man shit.
1: whatever they all listen to that
0: shit too. Yeah, yeah they, they do, do. They, they just don't
1: just want like to admit it church. that's why it's so hurting Yeah, that's why it hurt them so much Yeah, just because Jay listens to it right my wife listens yeah. to the Yacht
0: Rock like, what's
1: that that's the station
0: it's called yacht rock. On like is on serious? Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, this is—is so it, is it like island like
0: like no, music type? No, shit? No, like it's when, like
1: hmm. it's like the edgiest type of dentist office music you'll hear. It's <laughs> like a lot of like Doobie Brothers or Michael McDonald, like shit you would listen to if you're out on the river on a boat.
2: But, but I mean? listen
0: to. Maybe it puts her at that place though, right? Yeah. Maybe to me,
2: that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, it's I was the, like
1: the shit you listen to a lot of synthesizer, a lot of like.
0: Maybe it makes her feel like she's on a boat somewhere
1: she listened to it uh that's what her parents listened to in the summertime when she was growing up so like all the kids would be playing in the in the cul-de-sac she lived, grew up right around here um and all the kids would be playing and the parents would be on their porches like drinking beers and like right. listening to this yacht rock so it's like, like nostalgic like for her nostalgic 80s music yeah. speaking
0: of beers I'll be right back I got something it's a surprise
1: okay You guys keep talking. Okay. I'm going to go get it. (laughs) If you bring down some, like, Renaissance Fair mead. No, it won't be. (laughs) Don't be offended if I don't drink it. it. That
2: was him last time. Yeah, I went to do laundry, and it was, like, sitting on the washing machine. I'm like, this ain't going to work.
1: Oh, my God. You let him put these cereal (laughs) fillers (laughs) up on here? Yeah,
2: I'm fine with it. (laughs) It's funny, because I did did my podcast. It's a
1: 40, dude. (laughs) Nice. When's the last time you touched the 40, to be honest? Uh, last time I drank a 40 was...
2: He's like, last night, how dare you judge me? <laughs> it was in uh,
1: Philadelphia.
0: I We used to ago? go to a
1: bar, uh, 2009, probably, 2010. So I bought There was it. a couple bars in Baltimore that sold 40 ounces for six, six bucks a piece at the bar. Really? And we'd go to those bars just so we could, like, drink Brown Bank 40s at the nice. bar. This was the was only 40 I at,
0: could find at Duber's. Nice. Was Miller Lite. And I was like, Mike... Mike is a 40 guy, so we're going to bust <laughs> out some 40s. I was looking for like O.D. or like Steel Reserve. <laughs> it's
1: the best, man. I prefer this Miller Lite. I'm much more mature these days.
0: <laughs> Cheers, we used to dude. have a... You didn't
2: even keep it in the brown bag. How dare you? I took it out. I know. Brown I bag. know. That's why I said you didn't even keep it in there. Well,
0: it's like a little... It's a little wet. The bag's a little wet.
2: But yeah, that makes it so it's not crumbly. That's how it rolls. I like
0: how you rolled yours up. Yeah. Do we'll you roll roll in, your, that's because he's a pro. Do you roll your jeans up like that?
1: My jeans, yeah. you roll them up at the waist like that. Yeah, at the waist, I mean, like down at the bottom, but yeah. yeah the French The waist roll. is even better.
0: Yeah, I do the waist roll. and the cuffs. This <laughs> is <just> all <laughs> with no belt or a shoe <laughs> or a jeans. string belt. Yeah. Who was that? Who was the frat boy John? Right. Yeah. Uh, frat boy John, Mike oh, yeah. surcamp or Mark. Mark. Mark Sircamp. Yeah, he was a uh, he was fun. Yeah.
2: So let's do some sort of timeline because I just don't want to jump around yeah, in Mike's like, life. So tell us about baby Mike. Baby Mikey, before you grew up into Michael. So, like, how did you get into art? Like, was that part of your childhood? <laughs> um, were you into something else and then moved so, into art no. for a specific reason?
1: The art, art was all, what I was always into. So I was, the young, I was the youngest of my family, and I was the youngest kid on my street, too. So... I was always like pushed around and like I don't want to say like get, get my ass kicked but I would like, were, like get picked, picked on, on yeah. get left mm-hmm. out right. get purposely left behind uh-huh. like not invited to stuff by <clears throat> my brother by all his friends and all that shit. So like my grandparents would watch us like a couple of days a week and uh sorry. He would watch us and like he would take us to a flea market mm-hmm. every Friday your grandpa my grandpa right and would like so because my grandpa and my dad like didn't like each other for like years so my grandpa would take us to flea market and buy us like junk to take home Mm. because he drove my dad crazy so he'd like buy my brother (laughs) an acoustic guitar with like three guitar (laughs) strings on it (laughs) like the biggest yeah and then like he would get my dad my dad was an electrician like a union guy yeah so he would get my dad like a tie for christmas every year no, oh, that he doesn't hilarious. wear ties. Yeah. So hilarious. my dad would Jeez. be like, like in the spring, my grandpa would stop over. My dad would be like, oh, well, you should go out to the driveway and check out the tomato plants. And they'd be tied up with the ties that he got. So they were like real passive aggressive with each oh, other.
0: Oh, shit. That is hilarious.
1: <clears throat> and uh, he's like, yeah, thanks for that tie. We <laughs> helped out with the tomato plants. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I grew up in like a very passive aggressive, like. Environment. talking family and yeah. like whole neighborhood. And, uh, so anyway, my grandpa bought like this huge, it had to have been like a hundred, 180 set of colored pencils. And every Friday he would give me five of them and be like, oh, I got you five more colored pencils. And like, I didn't know he had like the huge box. He would like, but he would give them to me every, uh. Sorry. He'd you give don't have to wear like those if you don't
2: want to. Yeah, if you don't want to wear them, wear them. Yeah, you don't have you can to. Just take them we off. Can, uh, I'll just watch your um level. Okay. Uh-huh. So yeah. he would give me the colored
1: pencils, and then he bought me, like, remember printers used to have the big rolls of paper?
0: Right. And mm-hmm. they have those,
1: like, print out, like, right. rolls, basically. So he gave me one of those, and he was like, Oh, now you can make drawings that are, like, as big as you want. They're as big as your coffee table. So the coffee table in the basement was like, six feet wide so i do these like epic six foot long like ar- army drawings like battle scenes and stuff
0: uh-huh.
1: and like my grandpa would like
0: <clears throat> sidetrack always, do you like, still have any of those I don't, you don't. I wish I did yeah
1: um because they were like my favorite kind of dra- I feel like they're the drawings that every kid does. Like you draw the line. The first thing you draw is like the green line across the bottom.
0: Right. And that's the ground. That's right, the grass. That's the grass. Yeah. Yeah. You like, yeah. You can
1: either build, draw down and draw tunnels and stuff. Oh, yeah. Or you can draw up. Well, it so just the, like, it
0: depends on where that line came. If it was middle right. of paper, then you knew you were going to have paper, something underground. Subterranean and something. stuff. Yeah.
2: That's funny that you say that because like, I'm so not artistic at, at, at all. So when you say like. I would make the grass the middle of the picture so I would have less picture to draw and in that grass I would just call the whole bottom green and I would just like make flowers yeah. and you're like yeah. you, can grow- you can draw tunnels yeah. and blah blah oh, and I'm yeah. like no, no 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 strategic
1: that's- planning
0: I'm like right.
2: no 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 that's only for flowers yeah sir. like you like- could
0: have a whole yeah this is where all yeah. the ammo is <laughs> made down here yeah. to fight the battle up there or something yeah
1: I would do that and then my uh-huh.
0: mom was the day she would
1: watch us she would take us to the library up on Glenway by by BP uh-huh.
2: The Covedale by the Covedale Library.
1: It used the Covedale Library that's not there anymore. It's been oh, it's down. not there anymore. We used to walk there, and I used to always like go, I was like four, and I would always go to like the Civil War encyclopedia with all these illustrated books. Of like you'd open it and saw these like incredible oil paintings of like generals and cavalry on horses and all this crazy shit. So I always right. wanted to like draw stuff like that, uh-huh. right? Like, I never read a word. Of those books. Like, I only looked at the pictures. Pictures, Because they are like, really exciting. And uh, so I would, like... I started drawing then, and I got compliments. Just like every artist. Every professional artist kept with it because they got compliments. And they liked those compliments. And I wasn't getting compliments. I wasn't getting included with the other kids. So I got compliments from my parents and grandparents of, like, my drawings. And uh, it was funny because my grandpa, like bought me what he said was an artist's hat. So, like, my wife loves this story. He was, like, got me this green hat. He got my brother, like, a red hat, my sister, a hat or whatever. And then he got me this green hat. (laughs) Is it like a beret? No, it was a baseball hat. Oh, okay. It had a white, like, you know, in the 80s, it was printed on with, like, puffy paint. Yeah. Right. It was, like, a white roll. And he was, like, that's your paper roll right there. Do you see that? And it says artist paper on it because I couldn't read because right, I was little, so I'm wearing this hat. Like I think it's so cool. Like I have an official hat that tells everybody I'm an artist. Little did I know it was a hat that he bought at a flea market. and It was a toilet paper company, and like the roll of paper that well, I was thought, like was toilet paper. It's yeah. like Charmin. Oh, like, I yeah. thought it was like I
0: thought you my were going the other way. Paper,
1: but it was actually like a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> I thought you were going
0: <laughs> rolling papers. No, I thought you were going so, the like, other way. I was like, oh, okay.
1: So like I'm wearing this hat around, like so proud, like I'm an artist. Look at my hat. And then everybody's like, look at Mike. He's got a fucking toilet paper hat on. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody's just like laughing. All the kids are laughing. I come home like sobbing. Like <laughs> <She, laughs> rocks.
2: And I'm like, sure you're out there too. Like, no, it's not. It's yeah. artist paper. You're so, so stupid.
1: Betrayed. Like I so... felt like my, not only did I feel betrayed, but I felt like my grandpa had been betrayed by the person who sold him that. Oh. Like I was so innocent. Like I thought yeah. that my grandpa didn't know. And I was like... So, did
2: you tell him, you're like, Grandpa, did you know this is toilet paper? I don't know.
1: But, like, this is, like, one of the memories I have from childhood that's like, oh, this is what built, helped build me to be who I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that's hilarious, dude.
1: I was so devastated. It's the first, like, real tragedy I remember. Do
0: you have pictures it, it of like you that. in that hat that uh, you see? I don't know. Now. My parents might have it. Oh, okay. I mean, they have, like, the... Oh, yeah. Hundreds of oh, photo dude. albums like everybody else's parents. Yeah, underneath my mom, she's got a shrunk, like it's an old shrunk from Germany. And underneath she's got all VHS tapes of like us growing up where she used to video us when we lived in Germany. Really? So it's like videos of like we were on this um we were on this uh Snowball Satellite. It was a TV show where you would talk to Santa and I like in the video it's like on live TV, it's like on channel five in Germany or whatever, like people are watching it. And they're going down everybody and ask them, Oh, what do you want from Santa? And then Santa would be like on satellite, like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then like you see me like walking to the picture while he's talking to this other kid, I'm like, I gotta pee on <laughs> <laughs> live TV. Like straight for his gum. And, and, gum. and, the, and yeah. the guy like stood there and he like looked around like okay and then he's like talking to this girl and then like you see me like get carted off somebody (laughs) but then there's like there's like videos of me and my sister fighting and shit whatever you know but yeah that's
1: awesome we never had a video camera so like i don't have any video of me as a kid
0: yeah i don't which is
1: probably why i video and photograph my kids a hundred times a day
0: i know i love it though i think that's the best thing it's it's fun it's so uh, much
2: better I, i It's like your phone is great because you can video and take pictures at any time. Yeah. The one thing, the one drawback is that you, like, hardly ever print them off. Right. Like, for me, anyway. I don't know about you, but, like, we have probably thousands of pictures that are on our computer or on our phones, and it's like, if uh, something happens to that, like, they're all gone.
3: Yeah.
0: Well,
1: I have, like, my Instagram is basically, like, a scrapbook of my kid's childhood, but... Julie found an app that's called uh, Tiny Beans, and it's basically a calendar, and every single day you upload photos to it. And it's a virtual <coughs> scrapbook for your kids' photos. So you can, like, get in touch with Tiny Beans and be like, I want all these p- pictures printed off. and They'll print it off into a book, and you can get them all, like, 2017, 2018.
2: Yeah, my sister, so, well, <laughs> my brother and sister, they both um, use... Um, I can't remember the the app, but like essentially you just upload, you save all your stuff to like a, a book, like yeah. a photo book there. And then you can pick them and every so often they get like free books
3: mm-hmm. and it'll
2: be, and they'll send you a book and it'll be like a hundred pages and it'll be nothing but pictures from whatever cool. you picked. So I can't remember what it's called. It's like something fish, I feel like, but yeah. So my brother does it Sh- every Shutterfly year. Or
0: nothing. Oh yeah. Shutterfly. <coughs> oh, yeah. Shutterfly. Shutterfly. Yeah.
2: So my uh, brother every year, he gets um, like birthday books. For That's, my for my nephew, so they take a ton of pictures throughout the year, and then on his birthday, a ton, and then they print out a book, and it'll say like, "Brody, three years old," and you'll go in his room. He's f- only four now, so yeah. <laughs> you know they're working on the fourth yeah. book. But yeah, it's it's amazing. But for us, you know, Shutterfly didn't exist when our boys were one right. and two, so yeah. all we have is like pictures and videos on our computer, hard yeah, on our hard drive, whatever
0: we can save them on, and yeah. we always burn talk about CDs.
2: Yeah, we always talk about printing them off someday, but you know, it's one of those things that you're like, oh.
0: Very time consuming if you were to dive into that because you want to go through and pick out which photos. And you know, there's times where you're on your phone and you take five pictures and one looks (laughs) good. So you got to go through each one of those to find out the good one. Yeah, Yeah. because you don't want to delete them all because it's like, oh, it shows this time when I took five pictures to find the best one. And then there's like one out of five.
1: and mine's not five, it's like ten pictures. Ten, like, yeah. But I go through and, like, delete everything that's not, like, that's if my not kids' worthy faces of are all blurry or whatever, oh, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll delete it, and then I'll upload them. But it's it's such a weird thing, like, the pictures, because, like, like, I always wonder, like, who are these pictures for? They're for me and Julie. They're right. for, like, for you and just It's like, yeah. Ryan and Nora aren't going to want these pictures when they're, I mean, they might want them, but, like, yeah. they don't need the physical pictures. Well, I've been
0: thinking about that a lot, like, because, you know, my parents are getting older And so we're going to start getting all the shit that's up in their attic. Yeah. You know, like my mom, she'll bring stuff over now, but now I think about like all the shit that I've got and that if we were to pass away that our kids would have to deal with. And it's like, it's a lot.
2: It's like for me, I know there's things that my kids won't want. Like I have a pop collection. They're not going to want that. Right. But I feel like whenever someone passes away and they have a, a shit ton of pictures, essentially Uh, like so when my mom passed away we went through like every picture my mom and dad had for you know to make kind of like a board and it was like being able to go back and see all those pictures made me really think like I need to take a ton more pictures than what I'm doing now because you know right now they don't seem very important you know but like at those times is when you're like you desperately need those memories oh, yeah. and that's what they'll desperately need like they won't need my pop collection and they won't need his hockey figure collection underneath the stairs but they'll <laughs> right. desperately need those pictures we never printed out you right.
1: know i remember when my grandfather died my my mom was like I'll come over to come over to uncle Gary's house with me we need to go through these pictures and she's like you can take whatever you want and it, they had all these incredible world war 2 photos from him in like france or him in germany he was a medic on a tank. And, like, he was one of the liberators. Of the Who, who's this? Canceled. My grandpa.
0: Oh, okay. And,
1: like, there are all these little photo, like, wallet-sized photos of him. And it was, like, <clears throat> I, I saw, like, the traits that I have that I right. inherited from him. Because it's, like, there's these pictures of these, like tough looking or innocent looking like GIs with like their rifles right? and they're all posing with cigarettes in their mouth and cigarettes. stuff. And then you see the picture of my grandpa and instead of a gun, he's holding like two puppies that he found and he's got like really? a big smile on his face. He's got one under each arm and he's like, nice. eh, standing in front of a building that's completely de- not demolished.
0: And he's got puppies. And I was
1: like, oh, that'd be my, that would be me. <clears throat> I'd be the guy who finds the, the cats dog, or the puppies cats, and be like, cats, look yeah. at this dog. Yeah. And then there's like a picture of him standing in front of a waterfall in Germany. And on the back, it's, he mailed it to my grandma back in the U S and it's like, Oh, I miss you so much. Irma. Like she had a very German name. Right. And I was like, this is me in front of a waterfall. And then it was like, be honest. Do I look thick in this picture? I feel like I've gained weight. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that would be me too Like Here's a picture But I don't like it Because I look fat in it
0: Really? <laughs> That's like, that would be you? This yeah, all but I it's got like, Yeah
1: It's hilarious Because it's like Oh my god It's it's not like The the Steven Spielberg movies like, Right it's, You see the actual Not just like Real life people But it's like Your grandpa So right. it's like Oh my god This is what I would be like that yeah. I'd be that person
0: So when did your grandpa Pass away?
1: Uh, Has it s- been a while? 15 years ago
0: yeah Yeah, how old were you you were probably 20s were you in your 20s yeah um like did you talk to your grandpa a lot before you paid like were you real close with your grandpa
1: we went and my parents did a good job like we went to my my dad's dad's house so my my dad's mom died first she died when i was probably like 12 or 13 uh Uh, maybe younger (coughs) but his dad lived seven houses up from us. Right. Like it's a very west side family. Like his sister and her family lived a block away from us. Like we all live within walking distance of each other. Right. So we'd go there every Friday night and like kids would play, watch watch T V, like play with super old toys in the basement and then the parents would just like sit at the bar that's in the basement and like argue about politics or current events or whatever. Right. <coughs> then my mom would be like, I'm taking the kids out. You guys are getting too loud Yeah, Cussing too much And then the next night On Saturday nights We would go to Her parents house And they lived in White Oak And like All the cousins would go there Every Saturday night So like the weekends Were spent at The grandparents house
0: Right Yeah
1: But besides that Like it's not like I didn't go over Like all the time Like oh I want to go To grandpa's house Because you know Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, oh, but still,
2: go. every weekend's pretty frequent, or every it's, other weekend's still pretty frequent, so that's very, good.
1: Yeah, it was really good.
2: So when you were um, a kid with your toilet paper hat, <laughs> were you, like, second grade? Were you, like, kindergarten? Were you, like, little, and then when you kind of more evolved? I was,
1: in, I was probably in before kindergarten. I was probably four.
2: I was imagining, like, a five-year-old, but then I was like, uh, well, maybe but, I was a little older.
0: Uh, maybe. Maybe. I was I was 16, <laughs> driving my car. I mean, my memory. The
1: my older the hand. older I get, the, my memory is just so bad. Like, right. if it weren't for those photos at my parents' house, like I wouldn't remember half of the stuff. And it's like,
0: yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like talking to Dade the other day, you know, he he'll bring up stuff, and I'm like, how, how do you remember those things? But I guess it's like.
2: It's like because he only has 16 years to that's remember, I mean. and we yeah. have, like, 39. 30. Yeah,
0: so yeah, that's, like, because he'll bring up stuff that he remembers. And I'm like, I don't even remember that, you know? Yeah. It's funny. Like, we always talk about Donna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Donna story. Uh, we used to have this babysitter that they used to go to, and she uh, she just wasn't very good, but we thought she was. No,
2: so she, she had, like, she was, like, <laughs> a, a neighborhood old lady in Dave's Ooh. Dave's neighborhood, um, and my mother-in-law uh, told me about her and was like, you should take your... So at the time, I was uh, staying at home with the boys, and she was like, you should take the boys to Donna's so then you can have a break and, you know, you can go grocery shopping in peace or whatever. And I was like, oh, that seems like a good idea. So I would take them over there, and then um, when I would pick them up, they would be like, Rex. And I then I only took them over there like twice. And then the third time I took them over there... I like just had the worst feeling taking them over there because they would just be so stressed out when I was leaving and stuff. And I was like, at first, I was like, this must be separation anxiety. They're with yeah, me all the time, yeah. you know. How old were they? Uh, probably like I had f- five and six, maybe. Pull the paper hat age, I yeah. Think. yeah. And I was like, you know, so, yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, like separation anxiety. I can understand, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And then, um, the last time I took them over there, I was like. I went over there. My nephew Dawson was there. He was like, he was covered in peanut butter. And I was just like, something is wrong. So I like left and I drove to Kroger right on Glenway and then, or right on Del High Pike. And then I just turned around again and went back and got them and paid her the full amount that I was going to pay her because she was going to keep them for two hours. And I paid her the full amount. I just had the worst feeling. And then, you know, I was like taking the boys home. They started telling me like, oh, well, there's like a bunch of kids in there. And then like Gage pushed this kid in um, into this baby pool and she got mad. So she threw Gage into the big pool and he couldn't swim. So I had to jump in and get him like, this is what Dade's telling me.
3: And then then
2: Dade was telling me like the first time I took him there, um, she had too (coughs) many kids. So she put a bunch of them in a room and locked him in it. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I've been taking you there. And I made me immediately feel like the worst mom ever. And at that point, like, I kind of decided to never take another, like, uh, suggestion.
0: Suggestion from my mom, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I was just like, you know, she probably didn't know either, you know. And I, like, when I had seen my sister-in-law, I was like, you know, I seen, and he's covered in peanut butter and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, my sister-in-law ended up, like, stopped taking Dawson there, too. But it's just those kind of things that you don't know what's happening and then you think about if they were a little like little younger and you they wouldn't be able to convey those things like you with your toilet paper hat like you just were like this is the best hat ever and right. then it was other kids who were like stupid
0: it's always other kids who just yeah. yeah, but for me it was like
2: like, other people were like oh she watches like no that's a
0: cool hat it's blue it's got you know and they're like oh that's stupid this is an
2: artist hat yeah Yeah. and it was like you know you take there because other people are like oh yeah it's fine it'll be fine and then you you're like oh shit but that's
0: like that's the thing like you know you always listen to your parents but it's like nowadays we can research like, there's reviews out there. So, oh, yeah. like, yeah, but you, you can't know.
2: research the neighborhood old lady. No, yeah, but know. I'm saying when you guys f- didn't
1: have that, there's right. today, there's care.com and right. stuff right. like that where you can, like, literally see people's profiles that are like, I want to watch your kids. Yeah. I have an early childhood learning degree. I teach here. I'm a, right. I'm a but like, Even if that. it
2: is a neighborhood person, like, you know, um, when I was growing up, like I used to babysit kids all the time. Like I was just an, a normal neighborhood teenager girl, right? right? Yeah. And it's like, now I can go on Facebook and check them out.
3: Yeah. And I'm
2: like, this girl's not for me right. when right. I see your stuff on Facebook. Yeah. Or like my boys will come home and they'll be talking about a girl and I'm like, what's your name? <laughs> and then I look and I'm like, and then they're like, it'll
1: take a mom about four minutes to figure out everything about it. As soon
2: somebody. as I see her. And then I was like, tell my son, I'm like, that girl's not for you. She's a problem. And he's yeah. like, she's fine. Blah, 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 you know, going on. And then he comes I like, just
1: went into my dummy Snapchat account. Yeah,
2: <laughs> pretty much. And then he's like, you know, Two weeks later, he's like, "Mom, remember that girl you said was a problem?" And then he tells me something that she did at school, and, and then he's like, "You're right." I'm like, "That's right. I'm right because I'm a girl and I see girl pictures and I know what's going on." Yeah. So, um, but anyway, like you were saying, like when you were a kid, you're probably you know four or five at the time, right? Yeah. And so you started off drawing um army pictures. Like what progressed? Because when I met you, you were doing more of like a kind of like a pop culture yeah. type figure, pictures.
0: Figure figure <laughs> yeah. paintings, I, grew I would up. say.
1: I mean, I was always, like, pretty quiet growing up. I was, like, a real shy kid, and, like... So I did, like, my drawings, and I would basically, like, draw stuff that I would see. Like, we got the weekly TV guide, and, like, in the beginning, the first, like, 20 pages is, like, color, and it's, like, promos for for TV shows and stuff. I would try and draw those. I would get, like, CDs and, like, draw, like, album covers and stuff like that. And it was... The whole... There was very little, like... Creativity. As a child artist, it was... I mean, there was some creativity, but a lot of it was, like, working on technical skills and stuff like that.
2: Like, more replicating? Exactly. Trying to
1: replicate stuff. So, when I went to the art academy, um, I mean, I'll skip over high school because, like, I was just doing assignments. Right. nothing incredible. Nothing great came out of high school. Although, there was a moment when, like, all the kids in my high school were drawing like, uh, like an album. Co- A lot of kids were drawing like the Dr. Dre album, mm-hmm. or like drawing like Master P album cover, or whatever. And it was like, cause it was cool. It was like really right. cool at the time. It was like we were in high school, like right after like.
2: Gangsta well, plus rap it's kind of edgy big. too. Yeah, yeah. like yeah.
1: Green Day was blowing up, uh, Snoop Dogg was blowing up, like all this really cool edgy shit was happening and we're like drawing it. And I remember our teacher was like, this is like a highly respected art teacher. And he was like, do you really think that black kids in Compton are sitting around drawing white kids from Ohio? (laughs) He like went off on us about how like, this is not art. Like you're just drawing other people. Like you need to learn how to do this, this and this. And like, That always stuck with me, and I was like, oh, my God, he's right. He's an adult. He's a teacher. He's right. And, like, I went to the art academy, and I switched my major, like, probably six times in the first two years. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't terribly creative. Like, I didn't have these great conceptual ideas. And I wasn't terribly good, like, a sound draftsman. And it's because I was really lazy. Like, I depended on my talent. So I was like, I'm gonna drink beer all night and hang out with my friends, and then I'll just do my schoolwork during the school day. Like I never like went home and just like made art, right? Because it was like a social hour for me. Like college undergrad was just like a social experiment for me. It wasn't until the beginning of my junior year that I like really started like, as my dad would say, buckling down. Uh, Mm -hmm. I worked at, I was a security guard at the Cincinnati Art Museum, and it was connected to the art academy at the time. Museum had a really great library. I would go into the library on my breaks and really look at these, like, pop art books, because that really, like, it spoke to me. It was, like, big, colorful. I grew up drawing, like, TV guide pictures. Pop art is based in, like, advertising, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, like, I really got drawn to, like, Lichtenstein and... Tom Wesselman So I started making artwork that Totally like Copied their style Um, But trying to do stuff that I thought Was I don't know current to my Right to your era So I was like drawing people pictures of friends that I know Um, But in like a In like a Lichtenstein type style
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's where like That's where my painting style came from um, it wasn't until after graduation in 2002 that uh, my friend Jim and I got. Uh, we fell ass backwards into a gold mine of a, a firehouse on 15th Street, North of the Rhine, uh, to use as a studio. So we split up this like 10,000 square feet of firehouse space. Uh, there was a glass shop on the first floor, <clears throat> and the owner was just like happy to have people in the building. Um, Actually, let me just start this over. Jim and I had a studio in Price Hill on Rutledge, which is like a really rowdy street in a pretty rowdy neighborhood. And uh,
2: My best friend lived in Price Hill forever.
1: Okay, so So. Rutledge had the UDF on the top. Right. Whenever you say Rutledge, people say, was it the good side of Rutledge or the bad side of Rutledge? This was the bad side of Rutledge. Okay, so we're about three buildings from the UDF on the corner. Uh, we rented a basement apartment that had no utility. It had lights and that's it. No fridge, no running water, like nothing. no bathroom. Okay. It was just a gutted, the guy who lived across the street from my parents owned the apartment building. And he was like, Oh yeah, I'll rent that to you guys for like 75 bucks a month. Uh, So we were using it just to make artwork and like paint peeling off the ceiling and the walls and all that shit. Jim was doing a residency in Germany. And while he was there, uh, some dude, one of the guys who lived in the neighborhood, got like his head blown off in our driveway with a shotgun, and it was like an argument over a girl. So Jim gets back from Germany, and he's like at a bar up by Dubers. Uh, his sister was bartending, and he was telling her about it. He was like, "Man, it's just so fucked up. Like, I can't believe somebody got like murdered right outside of our studio." And uh, this guy who was sitting next to him was like friends with his sister as well, and he was like, "Oh, well." You know, I couldn't help but overhearing your story. Uh, I own a building, I own a firehouse, and over the Rhine, it, the neighborhood's not much better. I mean, this is over the Rhine in 2002. This was not over the Rhine of right. Really we went to an art show at it at one of your yeah. art shows. Yeah. So, no, I don't think it was.
2: Yes, that. we did. Oh, yeah, yes, we did. we did.
1: He was yeah, like, yeah. he was like, I got this space. We use the first floor for our window shop, but we have the second and third floor that's just completely empty. There's no elevator to it, so it's not like I can rent it out to storage for anything. If you guys wanna come take a look at it, maybe you can do something with that. So we came down, (laughs) looked at it, signed a lease like that day. Uh, We split split the space up into 12 studios. We rented those studios out to people. And then we had like really huge studio space, which was incredible. So after that, like I became really serious about making like solid artwork. Like I became really dedicated to like, not just making pretty paintings, I mean, they were, they were still like very pretty aesthetically nice paintings, but like I want if I didn't have an idea behind all of them, I wanted just a bunch of them. Right. So it's like, if you don't have a good idea, just make a bunch of artwork. And then if they all look the same, the body of work itself will be like appealing. Um, and I used the, I made a, 20 new paintings the year after I got out of school in one year because I wanted to apply for graduate school. Uh, I didn't get in, and then after I got my rejection letter, I went straight to my studio and started stretching canvases because I was going to apply the next year. I made 20 new paintings, and these are like four-foot by six-foot paintings. These are huge pieces, and uh, <clears throat> I wound up getting into graduate school with that body of work. But it wasn't until I like really applied myself that something actually good started happening.
0: Yeah. That's so like everything in life, I feel like. If you apply yourself, good things will happen. You know what I mean? You take the yeah. shortcuts, then yeah. people see that. They notice that.
2: Mm-hmm. So know. when you're, um, like, I know Cincinnati, like, they have the Art Academy, um, and then they have the DAP program. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like um, the Art Academy uh, pushes you to be more creative and then the DAP program is more cerebral? Or do you think...
1: Uh- I mean, I didn't go to DAP, like you said. Right, I, I can't, know, but I'm just saying. I can speak on it because I know a lot of artists who did go to DAP. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to do it over, I would have gone to DAP. They are much more professional. They push you to so you can so you can benefit from your education later in life, right? Which is to say, they will set you up to get a job, and it's not just like their professionalism, but they have opportunities that the art academy doesn't. Mm-hmm. DAP has the architecture, the planning, the design and the fashion as right. well as the fine art. So they always push people to like do crossover projects. So like artists and fashion students will do stuff together all the time. Designers and architects will do stuff all the time. So like the idea that I could be like, <clears throat> oh, I'm really into pop art. Let me talk to the fashion students and maybe I can, like...
2: Come up with paint. a fashion line or... Exactly. Right.
1: Like, or, like, maybe my paintings can translate to fabric, or maybe their fashions they're doing will translate better as, like, I can represent this, and it's more interesting than, like, stuff out of magazines.
0: Yeah. I just heard that DAP was more based on your GPA. So it was... The <coughs> smarter kids would get into DAP and then... You know, uh, Art Academy was more based on your portfolio and your body of work. Right. Like, they would look at how good your work was and, okay, we could do something. Whereas DAP, it was like, if you don't have the grade point average, don't even think about giving us your portfolio because we're not even going to look at you. That's I, kind of the feeling I got. I at don't that know time. if that's
1: accurate, but I yeah. would, if that is accurate, I would not have gotten into DAP. Right. I graduated. I needed a 70.0. Did you Zero. even apply? No, oh, okay. I needed a 70 to graduate from high school, and I graduated with a 70.1. Like, yeah. I was not somebody who applied themselves. Yeah, like, I'm the like, same whatsoever. way. I
0: applied to DAP, and they were like, yeah, right, buddy. I
1: applied Stop to the that. Art Academy, and I forgot my portfolio. Like, when I went up for my review, I forgot to bring my artwork with me. Oh, you did? Yeah, like, that's how unprepared and unorganized <laughs> I was as a high school kid. Could so you just have, had they was just had me, the slides? I had my, uh, my sketchbook. It <laughs> oh. was like a pocket-sized sketchbook. It was probably like five by seven. And I showed them that,
0: and they were like, and okay. I got
1: in based on that. That's funny. And I was like, oh man, I'm I'm so good, I'm such a good artist. I got into college based on my sketchbook. Yeah. But in reality, it was like,
2: but then when you started oh, I going, I qualified there...
1: for student loans, so maybe I got in because of that. Because yeah. I'm an undergrad, and I'm going to be keeping the lights on there. Right. But you know, I like Who to knows. think it's based on my my. I would say that's got to be
0: part of it. I mean. You can look at somebody's sketchbook and tell if they're a good artist or not. Right. So, right. I mean, right. I could look at people's drawings and be like, oh, that's cool. Good job. You know? <laughs> it's or, funny because, like, or, or, like I look it, at some and be like, oh, that's really good. But it's
1: funny because, like, at the time, you're like a high school kid or a college kid, your sketchbook is like, yeah. it's like something you pulled out of the Vatican Library. It's like, oh, yeah. It's so it's, personal. That's and it. It's oh, so yeah. special. You got stickers and, like, on the top don't let or whatever. Anybody touch oh, yeah. it. Nah. People can look at it. But, but everybody to wants to it. see it. Yeah, like, like everybody. It's oh, like, we're just, I'll, hold it. your I'll hold it. I'll hold it. I'll let you look <laughs> yeah. at it. But now, like, I just found all my sketchbooks, like, in the past year, yeah. down in my studio. And I was looking at them, and I was like, I can't let anybody see these. Yeah. Like, this is so, <laughs> like, I was so extra, and I didn't even know it. Like, it's yeah. so embarrassing, This stuff really? that I was, like, just struggling and tormented over. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, If I could go back in time, I would just, like, slap myself in the face. Yeah. But I think
2: at the same time time you can go back and really like examine who you were at that point in your life because you know like we were talking about kids earlier and yours are really young but ours are teenagers and like just just the food thing I was dealing with earlier you know and it's like you are so he's like that's fine I just won't eat then you know, and it's just like, dude, we have food here. Like, you can't make some. He's like, no, die. it's we've fine. talked.
0: We've, I mean, we've talked. <laughs> but about like, that's so nickname. extra,
2: right? Like, yeah. yeah, we call him Diva. Like, that's his Diva name. Diva,
0: Diva, Diva, yeah. Dade. Yeah. Like, but, I'll text her. Like, oh, Diva's here. Diva's here okay. today, and so she'll know what she's coming into when she comes in the door, and he'll be like, oh, blah, blah, blah.
2: Or it's I'll start like, getting you know. text right after that. But it's like I think it's good to go back to because mm-hmm. it's funny because like last night I was doing my podcast from here and um. Somebody that I grew up with in elementary school was like, "Um, this is amazing. I just remember you as this young, shy girl. And it's like, uh, for me, like, I have a different opinion of who I was at that time. So, like, hearing someone else say, like, I remember you as a shy girl. But, like, for me, I remember me as someone who's ready to fight. Yeah, You know, so it's like to see, to hear someone else's opinion of me at that time as being like a shy girl made me actually like feel better about myself because like sometimes you start to think, like you said, I looked at my stuff and I thought I was so extra, but it's like someone else might've seen you and been like, dude, when I went to school with Mike, I thought he was the most creative man I've ever met in my life. And it like kind of makes you, because like for me, I just see myself as like, uh, sometimes I like really made an effort to change who I was. And sometimes I feel like I have like this black hole in me of like this monster that I was. So like just some, just a little Facebook comment of like you were shy girl. And I'm like, really? Like, like I just see myself as this like savage. So like, I think it's great to be able to have those kind of markers through your life to you think you're extra, but someone else would be like eccentric. Or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. and you're like, well, eccentric's not so bad, you know, like I thought I was extra, but you thought I was cool, you know, or like maybe you thought that I was a fun person, you know, because for me, like you and Dave, all the art that you do, because, um, you know, I follow both you guys. For me, I'm not artistic at all, and it might be because no one ever complimented me and said, like, you know, you're really oh, yes. good, probably, yeah. you know, but it's like for me, I'm like, I'm the worst artist ever, but like I can conceptualize things, and then I'm like, Dave, Can you do this for me? You know, kind of thing. And he's one of those guys who can like turn it into like a reality. So that's why I was super excited to have you here today. And I'm super excited to hear about all your (laughs) things. So I'm like, what about this? Yeah. What about this? So, like, if I ask for too many details, you can be like, yeah, I don't feel like talking about that. But, like, you know, like to know that you didn't get into graduate school the first time, like, I've always thought that you're an amazing artist. And, like, to me, that's kind of like soul crushing. For yeah. me, so well, how was it for you? Like, were you expecting that or? I, well,
1: I aimed very high.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, I
1: only applied for like a couple schools, and they were like the top school. They were in like the top five schools in the country. And I thought, and I talked to Gary Gaffney. I was telling him about it, and he was like, "Why would you apply to this school?" He was like, "Did you even look at their website? Like, they don't, like, don't take this personally, but they don't typically accept students who make artwork like yours. Like, this is a conceptual school. This is a like." Technical Realist Painting School, so like you should really do your research, and like <clears throat> I know that, that I've pretty that much just to applied to like the School of SVA in New York and MICA in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and like I didn't get into SVA, which is fine. Um, it's I didn't fun. I didn't yeah. get into MICA, and that's the one I really wanted to get into, and that's the one I eventually went to. But and I didn't think it was necessarily my portfolio that didn't get me in the first time. I was a very bad interviewer. Okay, so like when I remade, made a whole new body of work, I spent a month prior to like the submission and like you set up a phone interview or you can like fly to Baltimore or drive to Baltimore and do an interview in person. I spent a month like training myself to be a good interviewer. Like I would like walk around work, I worked at the art museum and I was like a gallery painter. Um, So I'd be painting walls going over like how I'm going to talk about this. So like even to this day, like when I have to go into things, I'll be talking to myself constantly, like in the car, um, just preparing myself for like how I'm going to say rehearsing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So like when I did my phone interview, like I just completely crushed it. And like I got in and I didn't just get in; I got a scholarship too was huge but that's Um, that's
0: what a lot of like not to cut you off but like a lot of professional athletes their mindsets like that like with me playing goalie i'm not a professional athlete but a lot of times like i have a game tomorrow and like on the way to the game the whole time i'm thinking about the game and i'm playing things through my head right like this guy's going to take a shot from this side of the ice. What's my reaction over here? What if the rebound goes to this side? So, like, in your mind, you're probably thinking of questions they're going to ask you, how you're right. going to respond to those questions. and Basic so, questions yeah. that are right.
1: like, who are the artists that inspire you? Right. It's like a basic question that every student gets that's applying to graduate school. Right. And, like, the first time I was like, oh – uh, Lichtenstein and Wesselman but I'm um, also inspired by music I like these bands and all this and they're like oh yeah. well what contemporary artists do you like and I didn't know any contemporary art because I went to the Art Academy like right. they don't teach you yeah. the most contemporary artist you learn about is Andy Warhol like, <laughs> yeah, a they lot Andy Warhol. set you up <laughs> right. to, to be successful in situations like this so I spent a lot of time like reading Art in America and Art Forum like learning names of artists and like learning how to pronounce them and, like, not just, like, I like Hendy Wiley. I like uh, whoever, like, John Curran. Mm. But this is why I like them. Right. This is why I like them because he does this in his studio. So, I like them because he started here and he got here. So it shows that I don't just, like, appreciate their artwork physically. Like, I appreciate how they make it. And like, I actually know what I'm talking about. And that like really helps me with my interview. So
0: like, time. I have these random thoughts that pop in my head. It's part of my ADD thing. Like when you said Wiley, is that where you get your patterns from? Like, did he inspire you? Cause some, uh, some of your older work, like you would have like reds and it would be reds yeah. logos all over. And like his work no. is very pattern oriented too. So I was wondering like, because the- I don't remember him being around, Right. Or as big, I should say. I first a- at learned that about time.
1: him. I first learned about him when I was a freshman in college. Really? A freshman yeah. in at, at Micah in grad school, so in two thousand five, oh, okay. and he had just gotten out of Yale and was like doing really big stuff in New York, right? And uh, but the the like. Are you talking about the girl with the sweatshirt with, like, the reds pattern, like, all over it? Yeah. Um, well, and then I think... It was, like, Mr. Red, like, well, the one, over and over. The
0: one, uh, right after the riots, he had the bandana. Yeah. And the bandana had a pattern in it, so Well, it's that like... was,
1: like, a bandana. That was from the Cincinnati Inquirer. That was just, like, a straight copy off of the oh, paper really? photo. It was, like, the guy with his kid, like, with his hand up in the air. Yeah. That was, like, just a regular bandana. I didn't know
0: that was a photo.
1: The reds sweatshirt one, that was, like... I had seen, I had got to meet an artist named Iona Roselle Brown, uh-huh. who's a DC artist. Uh, I got to meet her when I was in grad school. Like, our teacher took our class to her studio, and uh, she does stuff like that.
0: Oh, okay. And,
1: like, I saw a piece by her, the Hirshhorn, where she took the center sticker from a record. Like, she had a whole stack of the stickers from the same record, and she made the pattern out of just applying those stickers on top of each other. And huh. I thought it was really cool. And she does, like, I'm a huge fan of her. Uh Um, So it's, you know, when you're in school, you just, you see stuff you like and you try to do it. It's no different than when you're five years old. You're like, oh, that's cool, I want to do that.
0: Well, I think people do that now. I mean, even artists nowadays, like a lot of my artwork is inspired by something. You know, Michael (laughs) Myers, Casey, Jason Voorhees. So you take that and then you move with that. So
1: Yeah. When I was in school, I was like... Uh, b- between undergrad and graduate school, I came up with this really great idea where I was like, "I'm gonna take old paintings from art history, and I'm gonna recreate them with my friends in the same pose."
3: Uh-huh.
1: And I was like, "Oh my god, it's endless possibilities! I could do this forever." And then, like within a month, I heard about Kehinde Wiley, and he was like doing the same thing, only way better on a yeah. grander scale. And yeah. I was like. fuck that guy stole my idea that's funny that you bring that up
0: because i was honestly i was just thinking about that like do you ever come up with like well i guess you do because you just said that but like a lot of times like i'll come up with an idea and i'll be like man this is the greatest idea ever you got to write it down you get up the next morning and then you see
1: yeah it happens all the time already did it you know i google it there's that like i google it now to see if like if i come up with an idea i'll put it into google and see see if if somebody's already
0: doing it yeah yeah Absolutely. That's funny. Yeah. And most of
1: the time they just stay ideas. Even if it's like, even if nobody's done it before, it's still just like an idea. Because I'm like so busy that it's like, yeah. I'm not so busy. I'm just so tired.
0: Well, you have kids. Your kids are young, so you are busy and you are tired because you're at the age now where they want to do shit and they're not going to sit around and play Fortnite.
2: But I also think that's the perfect example of just like, um, showing how much we, as people are connected already, right. you know, cause I think in, in these times, like everyone, um, you know, they start to pick sides and it's like, oh, he's this, or she's that, or I'm left, I'm right, I'm center, mm-hmm. whatever. And then when you think of an idea and then, like you said, you Google it and like 50 other people have done that same idea. Yeah. You, it just helps to cement the idea to everyone that like, we are all humans and we all come from the same place and we have the same brains and they function the same. Cause we're all going through struggles and dealing with different right. things every day. Right. And I think for me, that's why art is so important to me and why I try to like help art causes like arts wave. Um, because it is the thing I really feel like art and music, like just all the arts are, is what bonds us together as people.
0: Well, I feel like these murals like, the Westwood one uh, that you took yeah. a picture of, we kind of connected over that. Like,
2: yeah.
0: I like seeing that yeah, absolutely. a lot. And I feel like, man, if you had that everywhere, which it seems like it's getting more and more yeah. and more, but, man, that that really brightens up
1: absolutely. life.
0: You know, when yeah. you're driving down a road, you see this big Westwood sign in Westwood. You're like, oh, shit, I want to stop and look at that. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, even the building uh, across the street from that, there's like a skateboard shop there, and their side of the building is well, painted. Well, or like right, right up the that street,
2: they're... the comic book store has yeah. had the yeah. mural For, on the side of the comic book store that they've really had, cool and yeah. they've had it redone a, multiple yeah, times. So it's not yeah, the same one. Yeah. 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 But when
0: you see that, you have to stop and look at it. Like it's yeah. not a drive by. It's like, oh, look
2: at that. They did so, a giant one on the side of our vet. Yeah. Like um, on A Street. Yeah. Um, Cove Dale Pet Hospital. Yeah, they oh, yeah. have this fantastic like. The, like it used to be the Blinnet. Yeah, like well, and yeah, stuff, they I it's think. all oh, yeah. like combined in one big thing, but it's a whole giant animal mural and it's beautiful. Yeah. Murals
1: are incredible because they inspire people. They beautify neighborhoods. They yeah. they that they like if it can inspire people to do something positive, do something bright, it's incredible. <laughs> well, Our it's kind of like
0: what we were talking about in Detroit when you were talking about that whole trip in Detroit and how like you know that area is like all art. I for, what was the he, artist? Like Heidelberg. School? Yeah, Heidelberg. Heidelberg. How it's all like you know it. People want to go see it because yeah. it's art and it's different and it's it you know and it's it, 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 blocks
2: long. It's yeah. like a huge installation. Yeah, like
1: it brings positivity to a neighborhood. That's what I'm saying. Like and it brings pride to yeah. a neighborhood to well, an extent. But there's like it,
2: it brings eyes to a neighborhood too. So when you live in, you know me myself growing up in Detroit, like there's a lot of bad neighborhoods and like if you have an art installation there that thousands of people go to it helps to get more eyes in your neighborhood and oh, helps yeah. to keep it a lot safer yeah which and that. and yeah. like you said brings pride to the neighborhood makes yeah. people feel a part of it
0: like think and- about if price hill did that you know if you're going down price hill and you see like all these buildings that are painted now and they weren't before and they're like yeah. cool murals like mm-hmm. People are going to drive down Glenway Avenue to see these murals, which, in turn, will make the streets a little bit safer because, like she said, there's going to be more eyes mm-hmm. looking.
1: There's some. There's like a series of murals in on Warsaw and uh-huh. Price Hill, like past, uh, past where the White Castle used to be, in between where like the White Castle used to be and where uh-huh. the District Three Police Station used to be, uh-huh. uh, to right before the library, the like. Uh, the Masonic Library or whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, there's like three murals and they're big black rectangles with like really brightly colored, like looks like Central American style. But it's like these murals that are like, and this is paraphrase. I'm gonna make it sound really dumb, but it's basically like stop shooting each other, right? Stop killing each other. Be peaceful. And yeah. like those murals are important, but it also makes me really sad that it has to be that like yeah. blunt. To right. be like, do something positive. You can't just paint like beautiful flowers like right. on the front of Rookwood's building downtown. They have these beautiful Rookwood flowers. Uh-huh. It it's positive. Nobody's gonna get like nuts in front of a bunch of flowers. Right. You know what I mean? It's probably, like, we yeah.
2: took um promo pictures for Best Friend Show um in front of murals downtown. That was part of her thing. And one <laughs> was, we took the majority of the pictures of was that like um. Nostalgic 80s toys And it was like Ghostbusters oh, yeah. And Strawberry Shortcake That's, Short right. Kenner, Cake, yeah. and That's like my mural. favorite
1: That's one That's my favorite mural Yeah,
2: yeah on Cork street. street It's on Cork
1: Street Yeah my mechanic is right On the corner there So every time I drop my car off I, I take pictures of it I've taken pictures of Ryan In front of it Like I love that mural Me too Somebody tagged that this summer Like some Really? Bag. Yeah Felt like they needed To put their name on it And I was like Whatever I get it's an, It annoys me as an adult But it's a I get it It's like a kid I Mm -hmm. would not see any problem doing that. I wouldn't have a problem with somebody doing that. Well, it's getting your name out there, right? That's (laughs) what
0: graffiti artists are. It's like, let me put mine in a spot where people are going to see my name. But there's like like an
1: unspoken rule you don't tag on top of a mural. Yeah. It's a real dick move. It's like the people in Northside who tagged on the Shepherd Fair murals, and it's like, you just drew like scribbles on it. Like, you're a piece of shit. Like, people enjoy this, and you gotta like put your name on it. That's the
0: culture we live in, though. Right. I mean, it's almost it's like uh It's always been that culture. Well, I just, I feel like people are just doing it to get a little uprise. You but there's know? always it's, somebody it's like, 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 I want a reaction. I want people to see me. I want people to see this. Like, I'm going to go fuck this up so that people know it that be I like, did it or whatever.
1: Oh, everybody loves this. So I hate it. Right. Like that's what that. I'm saying.
0: Like, there's always that person. There's always one in the group that's got to be different from you, and it annoys no matter me because what. Because
1: there's other murals that I would have been like, why don't you do it on the? Yeah, that like, mural? That like that one's way shitter. Yeah. <laughs> like, What's yeah. the
0: Shepherd Fairy one? Is there one?
1: Shepherd, we got like 20 Shepherd Fairy murals. I was gonna say ones. there's
0: a lot, right? There's yeah. a bunch of
1: them because yeah. there's a Shepherd Fairy show called.
0: Is uh, that one still on the Contemporary Art Man. Center? Like the woman, it's like a woman's uh, face. It was on the side. that It was gone, on huh?
1: their, um, it was on their elevator.
0: Oh, that's right, inside.
1: No. They took that off and put a JR mural on it. They took that off and so what do they the, do
0: with that? Do they sand, paint over it?
1: Yeah, there's a hand painted Sandra Cento mural that'll be there till summer of 2020. That's like phenomenal.
0: And then it's gone <clears throat> forever.
1: It'll be gone, and then they'll put new stuff. It's but that's the pictures. cool thing about street art is that it's it's ephemeral it's like you 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 need to appreciate it in the moment because it might not be there tomorrow you street know? art like
0: right. every like banksy and all that shit. any public yeah. art banksy no they tear the building down for banksy they'll take the whole wall and sell it
1: i don't know man There's well a i know that but i'm
2: just saying like like that's how banksy just one just appears on a wall somewhere what do you
0: like think, think about banksy i think
1: he's great
0: exit through the gift shop I that he's was a like, great movie. i think
1: he's brilliant documentary like, I really or whatever admire him. yeah because he's smart but he's also not like shock value smart right. he's like has a real political stance oh yeah
0: and like i remember the-
1: like he opened a hotel on the west bank directly across from the the, the wall in palestine uh-huh. and it's like this hotel is like shit what is it called it's called like the bank hotel or something uh-huh. but it's got his artwork and all the rooms and it's like in a place that gets bombed frequently, right. set up a hotel and you can rent rooms there. Like you should look it up. Look up Banksy's hotel in Palestine. It's absolutely insane. Like I would love to go there and stay there.
0: I think. Uh, but he's super He's got a mural, and uh, wow, well, he's got so many of them. I'm trying to think of the one that was there where it was like, it was like a wall. Yeah, it was. Is like, that the wall you're talking about where it yeah, had a it hole like and it was all like split nice in the wall. Looking it and it was and like, like a beach like yeah that screen saver okay, yeah 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 that's what I'm thinking of yeah
1: no he's good at like taking a mirror and holding it up and making society look how at about themselves. the uh,
0: how about the artwork that that went viral last year where it <laughs> was being at auction and it that's shredded true. I don't know <laughs> what do you think about that S- some that people were really, saying that
1: I thought it was a really gimmick at first I was like. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Right. But then when they showed, like, pictures, like, oh, this was planned. And I was like, this this isn't funny anymore.
0: What do you mean it was planned? Like, because he planned it.
1: Like, as soon as it sold, this is going to happen. And oh, like, you didn't like that. After only, like, a day or two, I was like, this seems more like a publicity But they didn't know it was like- going to
2: happen, though, right? Only he knew he was going to do that's it.
0: The
1: I, thing, I don't yeah. know. I mean, you got to take people's word at face value.
0: Well, I was listening right. to somebody who was talking about how, like, how could that pass an auction don't wouldn't they check the frame out to see like would they
1: no because who would think it's going to be filled with razor blades and a motor that's going to shred the piece right but at the same time i was like who would buy that little tiny print of the girl with the it was like the girl with the heart balloon
0: wasn't it the heart balloon who would
2: buy that for that much money like it's 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 like i actually asked him that question when we left your house was like because prints, there can be prints that are like super, super expensive, and the lower the number, the more expensive, yeah. you know. But I would think that, like, as an art collector, you know, because, like I said, I'm not very um, artistic, but like as an art collector, I would think that you would want the original and not the print. I understand, like, you can only like get the, the print sometimes on a
1: wall, right,
2: right? I know, but that's what so I'm like, saying. Like, even that- if that was
1: like one of five. It's a print. Like, didn't it sell for like a million dollars or something? Yeah. And then it's no, but th- but
2: that's exactly what I'm saying. Like that picture itself has been put on everything. Yeah, it's been, been mass marketed. Yeah, supermarket mugs.
1: It's on shirts, everything. Exactly.
2: So, like you said, like I would never pay a million dollars for it because I could literally go and get was, a print you're saying of it. If it
0: was an original, it would have been. Right. More. If, if it would have been, been like
2: right, if someone would, for me, if that was the original. You know, and not a print. If that was the original painting, right. I would pay a million dollars for it because that's the original.
0: I think people don't think like that. They just want to own a Banksy piece. They just No, and I own I can
2: understand that, but for me Picasso like a it,
0: sketch. But like it's right? just like I it's, have, for
2: clarity for me though, is a print is a duplication, right? Or a replication. Right. No, it's it's a, not
1: it's a print as a piece of fine art. I mean, it's not like it's a photo that's been printed out at Walmart. Like, it's a real print. Like, it's a real lithograph lithograph or whatever he did. I'm not saying it doesn't have value. I'm saying I don't think it has – I don't think that's the correct value. Like, to me, if it – since none of us know the price, so for argument's sake, say it was a million dollars. Do you know how many incredible pieces of artwork you could buy with a million dollars? You could start your own fucking museum you could get a thousand incredible pieces of artwork for a million dollars. And you're going to buy this piece. And it's so risky because he's a living artist. Like, and nobody knows who Banksy is. What if in five years you find out that Banksy's actually Dick Cheney or he's Bill Gates and he becomes super fucking Or it's lame? a
0: whole Google.
1: Or like it's a it's whole like,
0: company. Mass yeah, producing. Or
2: it's a chick. Like, or it's yeah, a chick.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, regardless say no, it's like No but I'm just Martha saying Stewart. like everybody right I don't exactly think it I mean, I it. if it's a if it's a woman or a no. man No but I think but everybody
2: refers to Banksy as a man say
3: it's Always. somebody who That is true.
1: Well like in interviews he's a guy. Like I mean his yeah, but... Like, maybe, maybe he's a talk he's yeah. But like but my that, maybe point that's is not like Banksy. what if he turns out to be like a serial killer know, a pedophile a serial killer. What if he like gets drunk and runs over a bunch of kids in a car like He's alive. He could make huge mistakes. And then your print that you spent a million dollars on is worth nothing.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah. I
1: mean, not nothing, but like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like a Picasso. Picasso's dead. His yeah. legacy set in stone. You buy that print. Yeah. Th- the value is probably not going to drop. It's going
0: to go up, I would think.
1: The right. longer. Right. And the older it is, like the more people just romanticize his positive attributes and not like the scumbag mentality that, like, that, right. he was a scumbag. Picasso was a scumbag.
0: <sighs> You're big into but art like, history, right?
1: Parts of, parts of it. Are you? I'm big into the parts that I like.
0: Right. Because <laughs> like, I was, like, bored with art history.
1: Yeah, it was I, boring I in school. Yeah. We got, like, a very basic overview of certain things. You think like, that's just
0: based on teachers, I think? Like, the way like they teach it? Or...
1: Right yeah, that's what you get. And it's like, we're going to... We're gonna cover four thousand years of art yeah, history but it should, in one semester. Yeah,
0: like, that's the that's the mistakes I think they made because you are trying teachers, to draw people in and keep them. there. So they didn't break up away. like
2: your art history.
1: It was like reading a history book, but it was it, all based on yeah. That. And it was like there are some art history teachers now who start at the beginning. They start today and then they go backwards. Right. So it's more relevant. You're ta- you're speaking about stuff they know about.
0: Which yeah. Because I feel like you would be more drawn into it if you started from like stuff we know about and then work your way into the older shit yeah. you know like
1: why do I need to spend a whole day learning about the Venus de Milo sculpture that's like this big and it's literally looks like a little snowman right and like I, I get that's important to like but that's is that the chicken the clam no the Venus de Milo is just like a sculpture of like a very fertile like it looks like a snowman almost um, the chicken and the clam is a Botticelli piece oh okay that's like a huge painting, like I would have been happy. Right when you with.
2: said that, I was like, "Wait, what?" I thought it was a big painting too. No, but then no. I was like, "Wait,
1: no, this thing's little. It's like the size of this cup." <laughs>
0: really? Huh. Yeah,
1: and like that's what you always start with. That's what you always learn about that in art history. And so, like,
0: what, uh, like, what's your favorite art piece?
1: My favorite art piece?
0: Yeah,
1: I don't know, man. Like to be honest, like I was thinking about this the other day because I had to change my password at work. And like you do, you're like, or it was actually my bank account. I was like going on, and they were like, "Oh, we need to ask you more security questions so we can set this up so it's more secure." And every single question is like, "What was your favorite sports team growing up?" And I was like, "Oh man, it's hard to choose." And It's like, "Oh, what was your favorite song?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, you know,
2: I don't yeah. know. Yeah, like the them all. Right. <laughs>
1: Like I never. I have so much trouble answering this question. So well, like, and
2: then you got to remember <laughs> that later, cause right? Because you're yeah, like, "Oh, that, it was right? totally this." And, and then when, you're like, wait, I really. The ones,
1: like the when ones, did my, my mother's maiden name not become good enough? Yeah. When
2: did
0: like
1: That's the what school I'm saying, I
0: like, went to? Exactly. The school now. Yeah. When Facebook
2: right. came around.
1: Yeah, it's like just ask me my social security number. I'll put that in, and yeah. then, like yeah. just, let's leave it at that. Like right. let that be my question. Right. But like my favorite piece of art, I don't know. Like I'm shocked that I have a favorite artist. Yeah. But like the favorite piece of art, it, it varies depending on. It varies. The point of, of life that I'm in. Right. Right? So, like, stuff I loved today. 10 years ago.
0: What's today? Today, what's your favorite artist? How are you fa- feeling today? You? Yeah, like, how are you feeling today? My like, favorite who? artist
1: for, like, the past 20 years or 39 years has been Michelangelo. Nice. Michelangelo, Bone
0: Roadie. Like the pizza 16, dude, the pizza chaplain, party the ninja, ninja guys. Yeah, pizza
1: party ninja <laughs> turtle. Ninja ch- and it, you know what? And I was thinking about it last week. Like, to be honest, the fact that I grew up with the Ninja Turtles, probably, and Michelangelo was my favorite Ninja Turtle. It probably gave me a bias towards him. Yeah. But like, I have such incredible admiration for Michelangelo, like the artist and like the guy. Like he okay. was a sculptor. He was a painter. He was an architect. He was a designer, and he was like. Yeah. Just an all-around angry dude who <laughs> just, like, didn't get along with
0: anybody. But, like, he was so... Then you think about the Ninja Turtle. Like, that would more be Donatello. No, right?
2: but it's fun that you guys are bringing that up today because day today in the car, thought he was dropping some knowledge on me by letting me know that the Ninja Turtles were named after famous... Renaissance masters. Yes. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. you know, famous painters. I was like, Renaissance artists. And he was like... Oh, did you know this weren't already? They were just
1: painters. They were what sculptors was, uh, and nothing. Well, Abby?
2: then he started talking about. Um,
1: did he tell you who Splinter was? No. In the art history. No, he's
2: but not he. In there. he but. Yeah, he's like no, and then he was like, "Why do you think he named him that?" I was like, "Well, because he got all four turtles at the same time, so maybe he was into it."
1: The Splinter says it in the first episode. I named you after my favorite Renaissance artist.
2: That's what I was like. You know, he named Does them all he? at the same time. I think
1: so, yeah. I just watched the first episode. With, I tried to break Ryan into Ninja Turtles. It's what great. does he think?
0: He thought it was real cool. Is he, is he on board? He's on he had board. Ninja
1: Turtle PJs that he inherited from uh, that one camp son. So like he was real excited about his turtles. And I was like, this is cool. Let me show you
0: something. Did you like the Ninja, Ninja cool. Turtles? Yeah. Who was your favorite?
1: Uh, Raphael.
0: Really? Why? Because he
1: had the size. the size. The yeah. Yeah.
0: The... What was the uh, Jeff and Abby? I guess uh, their kids got into an argument about the Ninja Turtles. Something about Leonardo or Oh
2: yeah, and then he yeah.
0: I forget how it was. I don't know. But it was funny. It yeah, it was just. But they had
2: a whole debate about it too.
0: They had a whole debate, and then her daughter dropped knowledge on her son. They're like little kids. Like was your like kid's that's age. not
2: even the right person. That would be Michelangelo or yeah. something like that. And it was just yeah, funny.
0: It was funny, but kids yeah that's it so i i've got i've got a bunch of questions um you talk about music quite a bit like what's your top five rappers of all time this is a debate me and my son have all the time and i'm curious to know yours because like uh when we were hanging out back in college like you listened to nas a lot yeah. which made me respect nas as a lyricist and honestly got me into nas more so than any
1: yeah It's not that No it's kind of He had that He had that album I think it was called it I Am? No I think it was What was his first album? Street Dreams? No it's called like It Was Written or something
0: It Was Written yeah
1: it, Whatever his first album He put out when he was 17 Got like five mics in the source oh, It's right. considered arguably The greatest album of all time mm-hmm. And then every album After that was It was good but then the next one was slightly not as good. And the next one was slightly not as good. Like, he
2: Oh, wasn't it, was it Illmatic?
0: Illmatic. Illmatic,
2: Illmatic How yeah, yeah.
1: about
0: Hip Hop is Dead? Do you like that album? Hip Hop is Dead.
1: I don't know if I heard that one.
0: I'm sure you've heard of it. There's, like, songs in it where he's, like, um, he's like a mobster. He plays, like, two parts of it. I, I yeah. forget.
1: But- I, you know, I liked his stuff, but I felt like I was just supporting him because like, he did, like, he wasn't just promoting like a lifestyle. He w- he is actually saying knowledgeable stuff. Same with like Talib Kweli. I don't love his albums, but I like him as a person. Right. You know
2: what I mean. So
1: I like support him.
0: So, so you support like Common and like
2: you're kind of in the same.
1: I don't. I we actually don't. saw Common in concert, and I was like, one of the few concerts I actually left in the middle of because I was like, this really? is, this dude sucks.
0: But are you yeah, getting was- that cut out <clears throat> in the mic? No. Okay. <laughs> Keep getting it.
1: But I don't know, like my f- top rappers, like I don't, I don't know. The last time I listened to rap music, really, like to be honest, it's like interesting. I, but I can't say like my the best concert I've ever been to was an Eminem show.
0: Yeah, did like you go to was, the Eminem? I, I went. We to
1: saw him in at Austin City Limits in okay. like 2014. Oh no, and he was I one see. of the headliners, and he was phenomenal. phenomenal. Like I really like. Uh, like what Childish Gambino is doing now because mm-hmm. he changes his like every album he does is like so different and so progressive it reminds me of like what Outkast used to do.
0: Yeah. True. Outkast is a good group.
1: So, but typically I just listen to like alternative music like indie rock and stuff like that. Okay. Stuff that doesn't suit the way I look. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like, so, little Wayfish Boys. So, what's your favorite? Like, like, what are you
0: listening to now? Like, what are you bumping right now? Like, what, um,
1: what? I listen to like The Lumineers and like 21 Pilots. and 21
0: Pilots is really good. I
1: like Sir Sly and I like uh KG Elephant, I've been listening to them a lot.
0: Okay, you
1: know. But I like I hear an album and then I just listen to it nonstop for like six months.
0: Like who's in uh, Post Malone just released one? I think a couple days yeah. ago. Do you like Post Malone?
1: I don't, yeah. listen, I don't listen. to his music, but I want to hear it. I'm like, he's really talented. Yeah. I want to not like him because right. he uh, just looks like yeah. A- yeah. <laughs> like I got it. I'm with you. <laughs> he look, the way he looks. I'm like, oh, this fucking guy. Are you kidding me? But well, his he music just is looks- good and it's catchy and people love it. So I'm not gonna knock it. Like I used to like really hate on musicians, yeah. And then I was like, "Well, fucking people like it, man." Like I'm an artist. My mom's house is filled with Thomas Kincaid shit. And I'm <laughs> his like, grandma's house was, filled, was filled with yeah. Thomas yeah. Kincaid stuff. But too. I'm like, that dude is—he's doing his thing. Like he's making money, making artwork. Lots like how of can money. I hate it's that? not
0: just—I mean, it's everything. Yeah. Coffee mugs, pillows, you name it, dude. Oh yeah,
1: no. We, my parents got, have it. My mom's got it. She's got it all. Got, the so ceramics, like all him. that shit. So
0: she's got like original prints and shit probably worth some money. Is she his stuff worth
1: – She's
2: like – His grandma put together a puzzle and then had it framed. Yeah. That's like how hardcore but she was into like it. people like that.
1: And if they're like getting their art fixed through him, like I can't knock that. If people are getting their music fixed through Post Malone or through like Cardi B or whoever – that's fine. I don't care. Like I'm, I'm too old to care what people, what yeah. people are listening to. I don't give a shit. Like
2: I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the team. Live your best life. Oh yeah. Like yeah, yeah. it's what you like. I might not like, but but that's what makes us people.
0: But we're not going to judge you because like that's the world we live in. Like it's just you know like we need more love and like just we're all people. Respect yeah. what you have. Have a conversation if you disagree and see what comes. I think it, if we know? taught
2: kids that, um, everybody like we already tell them everybody's different, but I think really pushing the, like, um, you're not going to like everybody in the world and not everybody's going to like you, but there are people out there for you and you just need to find your people
1: Yeah,
3: it,
2: and you don't have to be an asshole to the people who aren't your people. Right. The same right. way you don't want that.
1: That's the hardest know, part to, it's it the is. hardest part to understand. It's the hardest right. part to like, accept like, <clears throat> like, uh, Easiest point, case in point, in sports. Like, I hate Sidney Crosby because he oh. plays for the Penguins. <laughs> and he's the rival to Ovechkin, who's, True. like, my favorite player. Mm-hmm. So I'm a Capitals fan. So I hate that guy. I hate Ben Roethlisberger. Personal reasons. He's a, he's accused as a, a rapist, like, three right. or four times. Like, three I can't, or four? Be, can't, I can't yeah, get behind times. this dude. Right. But, like, I hated Heinz Ward. I hate Juju Smith. Like, I hate Pittsburgh players. Because I live in Cincinnati, they might be like the nicest guys in the world. So it's, it takes a lot of maturity for me to be like, but he's a nice guy off the field, so I'm okay with that. And it, right. But there's parts of me that are just like, no, nah, I hate him because they're, they're a Pittsburgh sports person. You hate
2: the jersey, not the person
1: but i want to f- but i try to find reasons to oh. hate the person to like justify my like, why you hate him? like this <laughs> exactly. is why i knew i hate. It's that the same Every, everybody in detroit
2: guy. hates Sidney crosby too because he plays for the penguins and their rival of the red wings so oh. yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: so but my like, son
2: loves them i'm fine with it my son loves him. i'm fine with it Okay, like, i'm still a
1: red wings fan but like that's but as a sports fan i get that like but as like oh i love this music
0: I, just I hate your, this I guy. I just like your response you know? from her. My son loves him, of course. Of course he does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Why yeah. wouldn't he? Right. I it's, it's I like Sydney. I liked him when I seen. Uh, He's a I, super nice guy, which
1: actually drives me nuts.
0: Right. Like <laughs> um, the first year he got drafted, uh, the Penguins, they were going through that whole thing where uh, they were going to get rid of the team, right, And yeah. because they owed Mario Lemieux. Uh, shit ton of money and and so they gave him the team really then, yeah
2: Mario me used to be my favorite player
0: yeah he was <laughs> my favorite player growing up
1: like yeah, i was a huge too. penguins fan when over i was growing up.
2: i had a i had a penguin yeah, star- no i was like i had a penguin starter jacket really? in detroit that yeah. did not go over well
1: i love the penguins and i loved uh my favorite player growing up was patrick waugh for the, I God, hated for Patrick Wah, Canadians. <laughs> fucking hated <laughs> him. And yeah. they always played Gretzky, seemingly. Right. And uh, I was never a big Gretzky fan because everybody else was a big Gretzky fan. So I was trying to find that other like somebody good, but not like a bandwagon right. person. Right. Um, and then I stopped watching hockey when I was, you know, went to high school, and then I didn't get back into it till we moved to Washington, Baltimore, and then yeah. I met some Capitals fans, and I was like, "You guys are like adults, and you like hockey." It's crazy. Really? (laughs) Like we moved to DC and I started, I went to some games and I was like, holy shit. Like this is a huge like culture here. Oh yeah. Like people love it. And then I went to uh Red Wings game up in Detroit and it was like, it's like a whole tribe.
2: It is. And I think I was telling Dave, like I, they talk about, I would hear like on shows and people would be making fun of hockey and they would be like, oh, yeah, the Rangers won the cup. Four people came to their parade. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I told Dave it wasn't until I moved here that I realized, like, hockey's not as big as I thought it was. Yeah. Because growing up in I Detroit. I don't think it's just here.
0: Well, okay, yeah, you're right. No, Going but, from Detroit to here, yeah. Right, because,
2: like, growing up in thing. Detroit, right. like, uh, if the game wasn't on TV, it was on the radio. So right. my dad yeah. would turn the TV <clears throat> off and turn the radio on, and we would all sit around and listen, it, listen the to radio. them. Yeah, then yeah, just yeah. listening to him call the game on the radio and it was like, you know, I didn't know hockey wasn't that big. Like I thought it was the, so and, it's like, to me, world. it was like the number one sport. Like I yeah. it was like football and hockey. Like that's what existed. We never watched baseball. Yeah, and you have we four ne- teams
1: in Detroit. Yeah, so we never like,
2: yeah, and we never watched basketball until yeah. like the Pistons started winning. Then we started yeah, watching took, basketball. But still, I, I still thought they were like, yeah, it was like ni- 1989, 1990. They went back to back. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, well, basketball must be like number three. It's crazy. It like, That's oh. why
1: people need to move. That's why people need to travel. Right. Like when we when I moved to Baltimore, mm-hmm. it was like August. So in September, like. I was shocked that like high school football was not a big deal there. Like high school football is huge in Cincinnati. Oh yeah. They don't even give it 1 minute of Where's time. this at? In Baltimore, in Baltimore. Maryland. Yeah. Their big thing, their big high school sport is lacrosse.
0: I was just going to say And that. I didn't
1: know anything about lacrosse in 2005 and I still don't know anything about it cuz I'm like so stupid like why don't they give the goal a bigger stick or something like wasn't the goal smaller how do you not score 100 points playing the cross you're throwing with, a little no rock pads. into a big ass's goal with yeah.
2: no pads that's what
0: i was going to say like do you think um when your kids get older um that that's something that you'll bring up quite often to them like as far as like hey you know like yeah like don't yeah especially when they're young and like like, when you get out of college, like high school, I feel like that's the best time, right? Because you don't really have, you're not tied down. You don't have, God forbid you have kids or something at that age. But it's like, go live your life. Like, you did. You went to Baltimore. Where else did you? you lived in Washington, Baltimore.
1: Um, and then Covington and Cincinnati. Right. But you've um, lived, you not know. Not as much. But when I was in D.C., I used to, I worked for an art and other company. So, I was driving artwork around the country. Right. So, like, I've been to, like, 29 or 30 states. Mostly yeah. driving a truck.
0: Did um, you go by yourself when you drove that no, truck? No, it was
1: me and one other guy every time. Um, a different person every time. Uh, I did that for the first year. And then the next two years, I worked in New York uh, four days a week.
0: What were you doing while you were driving? Were you transporting art? Yeah, Is that transporting what you were artwork. Like expensive ass art, right?
1: <clears throat> sometimes, sometimes not. You know, sometimes you're driving like, you know, a document from the National Archives, or you're okay. driving like a giant uh, cartoon sketch from the Sistine Chapel.
0: This is some GTA um, shit, dude. Now all i about just is you get pulled over like, and some cars pulling up in front of you and yeah. jumping out and No, like, <laughs>
1: we we'd drive sometimes with, like, armed guards in a car behind us, like, all the way from North Carolina to New York. Really? And, like, they take you and show you. They're like, all right, we'll come over here. Let's talk about the drive. And, like, you're going to get on the highway and they're just going to follow you. But they, like we're going to put our suit coats in the trunk and like, we're going to talk about this and they open their trunk and you see their rifles and shotguns and shit back there. And it's just a visual to let you know, like oh, yeah. don't try anything stupid or we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll stop and get our guns out <laughs> or whatever. And it's yeah. like also filled with like cartons of cigarettes. Cause all these like New York detectives that do this, like go down to North Carolina, buy all these cigarettes oh, and bring them back to sell nice, to their yeah. like
0: coworkers. That's what my dad used to do. He um, used to go to Kentucky cause the taxes yeah, were cheaper.
1: We do that. And then, you know, but sometimes you just move in somebody's personal collection. There was a time where we went to Philadelphia and picked up one girl who had a little tiny box with a book in it, and it was going up to Yale. And I was like, you need a whole truck for this? You could have taken the M-Track. But they want the security. So huh. it was a cool
0: job. So was it like you were, like, contracted? Is yeah, that no,
1: it? we were a contracted art handling company. So we would work uh, driving artwork around.
0: That can't so be cheap.
1: <laughs> it wasn't. It was, like, it was expensive. It's one of the most expensive art handling companies in the country. Um, but there are times where it's like you're going to work at the Smithsonian for two weeks, or you're going to drive to St. Louis and pick up a piece and drive it straight to Boston.
0: Right.
1: Um, so you never know what you're going to do. And it was a weird job because like you're in the art world, but you drive a truck, so you're not you're looked at as kind of like a little bit uh
2: like the help, not, the not help. really you're an just artist, like
1: a little bit rough around the edges. When you do work at the museum, you're looked at as kind of like rough around the edges. Like make sure that guy wears gloves. Make sure that guy doesn't like put a, half a sandwich down on the painting. Like you're looked at as like this like right. not a true professional white glove art handler. But in the trucking world, you're like this museum person. So you're like this little bitch driving this little tiny like right. yeah. it's like a thirty four foot trucks like straight truck
0: right flatbed like it's a U haul.
1: It's the biggest non. It's a 26,000-pound truck.
2: That you don't need a CDL for? You don't need a CDL
1: for right. it. So you're not a tractor-trailer driver. So you're looked at by those guys like you're this little
2: This, right. little,
1: this little bitch out on the highway. Right. So you don't fit into either you're world. You're like a
2: UPS driver. Yeah, you don't
1: right. fit in 100% to either world.
0: Right. So you're just kind of so, floating along.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you're just, like, doing your thing. you just, like, do this cowboy stuff. So
0: nice. That's hilarious. Uh, what was the most, uh, like, was there any, like famous, like, Art Van Gogh really? or anything like that. Yeah, like...
1: I'm sure there was. I mean, they tend not to tell you. Oh, okay, so you didn't time. know
0: ahead of time. Like, you're just... We need this transferred here, and it's yeah. all probably created up I'm mean, so you, you can't this. see it. Like,
1: we moved uh, the Delaware's copy of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, Okay, or not, the, the Constitution. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. And you pick it up from the archives, you drive it to Dover, to their right. state capital. Right. And they, they take it every six months and give it back to D.C. every six months. I get it. And this is a special copy because it's the Declaration, or it's the Constitution, but in Delaware, the, the governor or whoever decided it wasn't good enough the original constitution. So they hand wrote in a bunch of extra shit like, and in Delaware you can't (laughs) sell chicken sandwiches on Sunday or like whatever it is. So like, because they, they're the only colony that edited it. Mm -hmm. uh, It's really important to history. So we move that. Like I've uh, moved one of those green jackets that, uh, Golfers get when they win for some the tournament. Masters. Oh no, yeah. shit! Sure. So I one of those, which I didn't really care about because I don't care about golf. Um, but that's other people get real excited when you they don't care about golf. No, really. Um, to, it would be like
2: uh, for me, I guess. To them, that would be like moving the Stanley Cup.
1: Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Something yeah. like that. Um, and the cool things are, I got to move a lot of cool, like Abraham Lincoln stuff. Like I got to transport his death mask. Okay, the masks, they make a mold of his face when he dies. They make a mold of his face and cast it. Okay, so this is really important. There's death <laughs> masks of every, like, president who's died. I moved, I got to I literally have the, never heard of that in my I, whole I'm life. Like...
2: Write that down the, so I can um, look at it later. Death the, cuffs, masks, the cuffs Death
1: masks from the the doctor who tried to save Lincoln's life after he was shot. Being covered in blood. Covered in blood with the cufflinks in them. They cut him off of his shirt, and I moved those. Uh, that, so that's with like Lincoln's a blood on it so these are like artifacts that's um, like a
2: definitely um different uh so my sister she sent me this book um you know it's art at the time but it would be like you would take a essentially like a family picture mm-hmm. of your dead kid but they would look alive yeah is In, that sort of like the same era. the same sort of thing like that they were thinking along the lines like we need to keep these bloody cuffs. I don't know the why they kept the they bloody
1: do. cuffs. It was really shocking to me because I was like, holy shit, this is weird. That's why I just automatically assumed
2: this. it was like a cultural thing at that same time that they're taking pictures of their dad's. might have kids, been because it was
1: the president's blood and it you know. Right. You don't want somebody weird, weird like, that, maybe they yeah. didn't want the guy to sell his shirt to like make money off it or something. I don't know. But I moved like a lock of his hair. Um <coughs> I went to some real extent – there's a lot of weird collectors in D.C., like ex-CIA guys, ex-FBI guys who, like, collect artifacts and stuff from different wars and different cultures, and they trade with each other. So I went to this one guy's house. It was, like, this little one-story, looked like just a shitty little house in Maryland. We go in, and it's completely filled with artifacts. Like, there's an umbrella bucket next to the front door. It's filled with, like, sabers from, like, battles, from, like, wars, and some umbrellas, but there's, like, these big swords in it. On his desk was the marble bust of Mussolini that Mussolini used to keep on his desk. And there was, like, a photo, a framed photo of Mussolini sitting at his desk with this bust sitting there. And this is just in this guy's house. He's got, like, two little Bichons that are running around, like, shitting and pissing on everything. I'm like, this is nuts. And, like, the stuff we picked up was just, like, insane. Yeah. Like we went there and picked up. We had to go there and pick. So I don't really tell people this story, but we went there and picked up six of Adolf Hitler's paintings that he did as a younger man before he became the Führer. And there was photos of him like proudly as a young man, like holding the paintings up. So the paintings of Hitler, that Hitler did, holding them up. We had the photos with the paintings that we had to pick up, and I have no idea where they were going to, but it was like. Oh, you just pick these up and pack them and take them. Got them. Dress. Did you
0: hear about the painting in uh, who's that dude's house? That shit's crazy.
2: Like, my mind is just blown right now. Like, you know, I, like, I've seen pictures of him as an artist, right? Um, Hitler. Yeah. Uh, but, like,
1: to hold them is a it's a gut wrenching thing.
2: Right. That's what I was just you get thinking. A whole, like,
1: like, uncomfortable body vibe from it. Oh, I'm sure. Like, the dude. most uncomfortable thing I held was slave shackles from Jamestown like knowing that they they were around people's ankles like it's like this incredible wave of shame you have holding these things just to like oh let me pack this up and send it somewhere
0: yeah because of the history involved yeah, and, just and like, then you're but thinking like, about that family and that person yeah but at yeah. the
2: same time you understand like why it's important right so like remember the past but at the same time like who would for me that would be like this is an object of our history, and it needs to be in this museum. But right. as a person, I don't, um, I don't see the benefit in collecting that. You know what I'm right. saying? Like for me, it's just like. Well, the shackles were for a
1: Smithsonian show. Okay, they yeah, were for a show called Jamestown. But like, seeing pictures or seeing not pictures, but illustrations or drawings of people in people in chains feeling the weight of them and feeling the roughness of them is something that you can't get from a photo, right? right. It's like that scene in Good Hunting when he's talking about how he might know everything about the Sistine Chapel, but he doesn't know the smell when you walk in there. He might know everything about this, but he doesn't know the feeling right. that you get. And right. it's, it's trill. Like, feeling the weight of these shackles, feeling the weight of the little kid shackles is unbelievable.
0: That is crazy.
2: It is. That's... So just even talking about it is like super powerful.
1: Yeah. So, right? so that's like, the type of art that I'm really into now is artwork where artists, I don't want to say recently, but I've just started to realize it in contemporary art a lot. Artists are becoming like the best historians that we have because they often make artwork that deals with stuff that are shitty high school or, or shitty high school, American history books refuse to talk about. Right? Like, so in Texas, high school history books don't even use the word slave anymore. They call them imported laborers from Africa. Okay? Like, this is how dumbed down and edited these have gotten. Um, so artists will, like, talk about stuff that most people don't know about. But they that, happened in real life. That's, that's our
0: culture to blame because that's where we're moving, right? Cancel culture, basically, is where we're It's like, I just right. think. Like I, huh?
1: I just heard that term for the first time, like, what? a couple hours ago. My wife said what? it. Cancel culture?
0: yeah, like that's basically where we're at. Like, what you does know? that mean?
2: It's essentially whenever you don't um, agree with something um, that they automatically just go for your head and they want everything that you've ever earned taken away from. So, and it's it's not um, like just one specific side, um, but yeah. it would be like- um, So for example- Like here, 10 I'll... years ago, uh, Kevin Hart posted something right. that was gay bashing yeah. on Twitter- yeah. So they went for him, and they wanted him to, like, lose all his jobs. And, like, well, no, in fact, he I, did step down that, from hosting, uh, I think, the Academy yeah, Awards or something. Yeah. yeah. A better
0: example would be the comedian. Who was the comedian that just – um uh Something K. Uh, Louis C.K. Louis C.K., right? Like, he wanted to masturbate in yep. front of other comedians, so <laughs> yeah. he would ask them. And not they just said, other yeah.
2: comedians. Assistants, people who work for him. Women. Anybody. Yeah.
0: Women. Right, women, not men. But but anyway, so like...
1: Yeah, I heard Chappelle talk about that on his stand-up. Right, stand up. so
0: he fucked up. He made a mistake, and they don't want him to work anymore, ever. Ever again. Ever. Well, so that's cancel they... culture, because from what he did, you think that he shouldn't make money or have a job at all. Right. But it's like...
2: No matter we how many back, times he apologizes, if we went
0: back to the shit you and I did when we were kids. And you think about some of the shit that you did. Uh, we shouldn't be working right now, right. or you know, if we were in this culture and this happened,
1: so it's like people trying to cancel somebody's right. And that's that's progress. that's basically
0: right. taking slave out of it is basically because you're um, making this group of people happy by pulling that out. But whereas, like you are uh, very into history. Like that word has I don't
2: I don't think it's cancel culture with with changing the word slavery. I think it's um I think it's trying to lessen the impact and devastation that you had on an entire group of people. Right? So instead of being like, you know, we enslave these people. It's it's kind of the same way that I feel when people talk um Like, I get frustrated, um, like, as a a Native American person to say. Christopher Columbus. Well, not Christopher Columbus, but when people um, talk about um, immigrants and they compare them to, um, like, Native Americans being conquered, right? Right. And, like, the thing that's super different is that um, people who were, who are immigrants are like our ancestors um, who came from other places to have a better life. That's what immigrants are here for. Colonizers are something completely different. Absolutely. So when you talk about the English and the French and the Spanish that came here and conquered the Indians, like, those, those are colonizers. They're profiteers. Oh no! I was right. asking what you were doing because it was well, picking up on my mic. Oh, sorry, okay. oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're <laughs> colonizers, <laughs> and their plan is to come to a place, kill the entire culture that's there, and make that new place their their own culture. And from wherever they're from, like essentially import their culture to where it is, and say this is the New England or this is the New Spain, and right. which is exactly what they said, the New France. New
1: England.
3: You
2: know,
1: th- New York right. was called New Amsterdam.
2: Right, so it's like they wanted to come in and just essentially replicate their own life, but in a new location right. where they felt like they had more thing. People who are coming here now or just like our ancestors did when they cut when they came through Ellis Island, which I always hear about. Like those are immigrants; those are coming here to have better lives. They're not colonizers. So to compare immigrants now from Mexico as colonizers, they're literally coming here for better lives. They're not coming here to ruin your life or to take anything away from you. Right. They're coming here to better their life because where they're from sucks. Just yeah. like a lot of people's ancestors from. That are England here in Cincinnati. Overseas. Well, like, Cincinnati is a huge German town, right? Like, every your own last name is Wagle. So it's like, they came here to have a better life, and this is where they settled, because there was a ton of other German people here, and they had some kind of bond and relationship with them yeah. to and feel there was
1: better. like, Civil War going on in, like, 1848, I think. Right. So, like, a huge influx of them came, and they knew people here, so they came here.
2: Right. It's It's the same Irish came here and they were, you know, they used to say horrible things about Irish people. You know, they would come here and they would talk horrible about them. Like, you know, for anybody to continue to say like now that it's that it's mexicans or whoever else it is you know that to, to say that like the same way that you talk about them is the same way that they probably talked about like italians were talked horribly about chinese. when they first came chinese they were put in you know into um,
3: camps. internment in camps during yeah. world
2: war ii you know and the same uh, my own great grandpa was put um he's an italian guy and he was put in an internment camp at the same time So they would just go and round them up and put them in these camps because they were like enemies of the state. But it's like they're just here for a better life, not to, you know, espionage or just take anything from people here.
1: Incredible fear. And this is why I say people should travel and they should move to different places. Because like if you stay in your own bubble your whole life and you only hear stories about the outside world. You become very scared. And like if you I heard somebody say a couple of years ago that if you want to stop someone from being racist, Have them travel around the world. Have them get experiences. And then you'll realize that, like, everybody's not... Inherently, people are good. So, like, it doesn't matter where you come from. Like, you're not going to go... But there are so many people who are like, I'd never go to Mexico. It's filled with killers and rapists. Father Trump told us that. Right. (laughs) It's like... People are so stupid.
2: Or or anything else. Like, you know, I... People I hear just at work, like um, when my company, uh, we used to be in Winnon Hill. And then when uh, we relocated to downtown, there was so many people who were so scared to move downtown that we had this giant thing that I was a part of. And it was like, um, people are like, I'm scared. Like, I need to be able to defend myself so much so that I went out and found a company to come in to teach them self-defense for when that they moved nobody downtown. Nobody showed up
0: for by the way,
2: well, regardless of that, but that was their huge concern that they expressed. So my company went out and we paid, uh, you know, uh, you know, a decent amount of money to have a group come in and train people for self-defense because they were so worried about moving downtown. And it's the same place because they yeah. lived in Westchester or they lived in Mason or they lived out, you know, here on the west side or on the east side. And they were just so scared about being downtown. But it's like downtown's is literally my favorite place to be. I love it. Yeah. Dave and I, once a month um, oh, on his down. off day, we go, he comes down and meets me for lunch and we go to a new uh, place. Or do we... we we walk around down there all the time, that brunch place. But like we go down, and we walk around all the time. And if you go down there, you'll see like everybody's just people going someplace just like you. It's right. There's nothing crazy about it. Except right.
0: for those birds. They're all over. The birds. The birds. Have you ridden the birds?
2: The scooters.
0: Oh, the scooters. Yeah, yeah, the scooter birds. Yeah, those things are. Do you get on them? I don't. Have you ever? No. no? I don't plan on it. I'm going to take my boys down there one day and <coughs> just like, drive around for like a couple hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not much different than you. I'm six foot three, two 248 pounds. <laughs> I, I don't have any business being on a bird.
0: <laughs> what? Like, you see that right there? That's about to get me in trouble right over there. You see it?
1: That skateboard?
0: Yeah, I died for that or if almost fought, died know, like, for
1: that. I'm at an age where if I fall, it's gonna take a lot longer to recover than when yeah. I was a kid. And like, I judge so many people riding birds. Like, I see all the like businessmen and young professionals driving around like their birds, and it's like, if you wanna do it, I don't care. Like, if you're yeah. having fun, whatever. But if it's like five fifteen or five thirty on a Friday, and I'm trying to get to the fucking highway on Sixth Street, and there's some douchebag on a bird, like driving down the middle of oh, the yeah. lane i want to just like tear my hair out
2: it's like there I should be to, yeah. um like, like a, get on the
1: sidewalk but when i'm on the sidewalk i'm like get the fuck off the well sidewalk. they're not supposed get to be the on street. the sidewalk
2: but for me i would feel like it's the same way as a bike you would get as far you know to the shoulder to the right, as possible yeah. and you would say but he's absolutely right they do drive right down the middle of the road there
1: should be like in the like morning four to six you shouldn't be able to ride your goddamn bird in the central business district.
2: I'm I'm on or like Fish 7 Street. Seven to nine. Yeah, in the morning. Whatever. I'm on Fish Street and I'm in the middle lane so that I can go across. You know, it splits yeah. where you have to either turn the fountain, on a vine yeah. or you yeah, have yeah. to. And it's like, there'll be four or five people on yeah. their limes or their birds, birds and all that. in yeah. there. And then there's a whole bunch of buses too. So it's like, I'm going to kill someone here or a bus is going to kill me. It's like one of the two things in the morning. I'm like, I'm just trying to get to work and this is so stressful. Yeah, There should be like specific streets. I think that are a bird, like you can't be on fish street. This direction because it goes only one way. You shouldn't be allowed on Sixth Street, you yeah. know. So it's like designated Third and Seventh. You so know, you're getting a, there faster. Create a
1: bike lane, create bird lanes for for every street. Well, yeah, that's good. A lot of money. It's like a lot of money that. to paint lines on the street. Bro, we
0: just we just put a new car down there, a little street car oh, no. <laughs> It's always broke down in the winter time. <laughs> I don't
1: think it's always broke down. That's that's exaggerating. They have like
2: five he literally cars. watches it run past yeah, it drives every day past downtown. Our, I, yeah, see I see it all day long. All right,
0: man. I'm just saying. I love the streetcar. Like I'm like, you? I'm
1: on the outside. I think it's great. I think it's incredible for the city. Okay. I'm, I'm the same way. Like, he hates it. it, it. Connect, like,
0: I hate now it. Now that the
1: soccer stadium's going in on Ezra Charles, we can connect it from Music Hall. Wait, what? All soccer
0: of, Stadium? Yeah. The
1: Do FC Cincinnati yep. Stadium is going on where right behind District 1 Police Station. So oh, you man. can run a second line from music hall all the way to museum center with a stop on the soccer stadium. And then down on Lynn street, there's all those storefronts they put in like 15 years ago that are just like boost mobile stores. Now they could put in like an entertainment district there. Yeah. And that could be like another way to connect the West end. And then they, the the whole phase two thing is supposed to connect it to UC and the zoo. UC is like the second biggest Business in the city.
0: So you, you heard it here like first. If that happens, we're going to credit you with this idea.
2: Well, it, no, it's out there, what it, what is supposed to happen. But the thing that's great oh, about they it is... already have is, that line? Yeah. No, it's it's phase, that's it's still still phase two. two.
1: Phase two is supposed to go to UC and the zoo. But the line going to music hall, or from music hall to museum center, just makes sense. It's a straight shot. It's got to right. be so much cheaper. It's just like one arm that goes off.
0: Right.
2: And <clears throat> the thing that's, like, just... Um, in Detroit, they have the People Mover, yeah. and to be able to park in Greek Town and ride the People Mover to the yeah. zoo or to the Tiger Stadium, yeah. and instead of paying twenty five dollars to park by Tiger Stadium because the game, uh, you pay two dollars in Greek Town. You ride the People Mover Pass for fifty buck, cents, fifty cents now. yeah, fifty cents to get to. Um, to get to the Tiger Stadium, we rode it. Right, we were we parked in Greek yeah. Town. We ate down there, and then we rode it to the Tiger Stadium. And yeah. then we, when we went to the Tigers I'm game, just,
0: I'm going by. It just it just seemed like it was broke down a lot. That's well. The at first, thing. they were like having the, problems. In the like time, and it, like it was broke down yeah. for a long. But time. I but I think it's I like
2: something. It's something new. You right. have to work through the bugs. But the thing is, is that. Just where I work, seeing how many young professionals there are that live downtown and don't have cars, and they're actually utilizing uh, Uber and Lyft so much. And then so many of them, that's why they put those birds in downtown, because they don't have cars. And, like, I have a friend, she lives by Washington Park, and she only goes out to Over the Rhine because she doesn't have a car. So she goes there. If she was able to, you know, get on that and head up to UC, UC there's so many more True. places yeah. also and how much cheaper able
1: to come down here
2: but also how much cheaper would um would rent be in those locations if students or young professionals who didn't have cars had the ability to live in a lot more places you know without having vehicles like she could live up in in clifton and ride that down right you know and it's not the bus yeah. you know so it's like and then I know a ton of people who just ride the bus downtown because they have Wi-Fi on them and they can work on the bus. To me, it's, public transportation is the most important thing to having a city flourish, and the farther it goes out, the better.
1: Well, I compare our streetcar to the People Mover all the time, because it's a great, it's a great way for tourists to see the city real quick. You buy a day pass for a dollar fifty or whatever it is. You can go down to the stadium. You can go down to the banks. You can go all the way up to Rheingeist. So I'm not familiar with market. it. That
0: day pass means you can get on, day get pass, off at you ride any it time. All day, all day. You
1: ride it all day. You can go to the market, get lunch. You can go like later in the night, go down to Rheingeist and get a beer. Like it's a great way for like, and it's easy for tourists because you're like it's just one loop. Like you literally cannot get. You will right. get back here. Right. Like it's not a big deal. The same with
2: the people. And
3: in they're right?
1: like, holy shit! It's air conditioned. It's like it's heated, whatever weather it is. Like, it's super easy for them to, like, get around and see Cincinnati. It's like the People movie. I, I got to see Detroit, and I never left the track.
2: That That's literally why I take them on it every time <coughs> we go up there, because it's like, here you're going through Kobo, and I would talk about, like, I would come here every January for the International Auto Show, and then yeah. this is – this uh, is Joe uh, Lewis. Yeah. This is Court Town. This is, yeah. you know, the Renaissance Center, which is now the GM building, but it's like a giant, huge, beautiful building and be able to go through. This is Brick Town. This is Court Town. This is Greektown. Be able to like yeah. show them the different places that I grew up and never leave the comfort of the people mover. Yeah,
1: the first time I went on the people, Mover, uh Julie and I were with uh, her friend who grew up in Detroit. She grew up on, right by the fairgrounds on Nine Mile, I think. And uh, she's like, Oh yeah, look at that! Like she showed us a building, and it said Kwame loves Bubba loves Kwame. Mm-hmm. She was like, somebody put that up because our mayor just went to jail." Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like this is it's like Bubba loves Kwame. Well, she's yeah. still
2: in jail. Yeah. Uh, I think they. I think he might have just got out, or he know, was getting out. But there good. was a whole he bought
0: thing. like a tank and shit. He did.
2: <laughs> he <laughs> like had like a warlord. He he was. Yeah, he dude. had like the most.
0: He's like I'm gonna roll around Detroit my There's tank. There's a
1: time. There's yeah, a time <laughs> when. <laughs> That wasn't an outrageous idea.
0: true. You know? yeah. what was that movie? There was a movie that talked about that that you wanted to see. Dave was talking about it. It was about Detroit and the riots.
2: Or was I it ca- the I can't race remember. riots? Yeah, it was about the race riots, but I can't yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was. So Dave asked me because um, we try to get some questions together before everybody yeah. comes over. Yeah. Um, so one of my questions that I had for you was, do you remember the first piece that you sold? don't you don't
1: you know and it's and it's also like how do, how do you talk about that is that the first piece that i sold or the first piece i sold to somebody i don't know because like
2: right i know they're definitely different
1: from my you, mom like, if your <laughs> yeah, mom buys that. a painting they're helping you out right, right. and they yeah. like they like to support their kids or whatever mm-hmm. um i don't remember i remember like so
0: did your mom buy the first piece
1: i think my dad did your right. dad did? And my dad's still a big supporter like and not financially, but he's a big supporter of what I do. Like right. he's always he's very proud of like me following my dream as an artist. Yeah. Like which is great. Like my brother followed in his footsteps. He's an electrician. Um a big union family. Everybody's in some sort of union, but I was like went my own, like followed right. my own path.
2: And so like, do you have like emotional attachment To your work. So like Dave does work. um, I only have, but I haven't, I myself had have an emotional attachment to just one piece of his. Which one? This brotherly love.
0: Oh, that's your favorite one?
2: That's the, that's the only one I have an emotional attachment to. I used
0: to,
1: I used to, I used to be like, my God, this is so fucking good. I want to save this one. But I talked to Gary Gaffney one time, and he probably won't remember saying this. Shout out to Gary. But he was like, when I was talking to him about like, how do you price your artwork, how do you sell it, Like, what if I don't want to sell it or whatever. And he was like, this is paraphrasing because it was years ago, but he said something along the lines of, if you're really progressing as an artist, what you don't want to sell today, you should be embarrassed to even show publicly five years from now. Like you should be so much better in five years. I got that it, you. Yeah. wouldn't even. You would feel guilty selling that because yeah. you would just think it's like, yeah. oh my god, that's embarrassing. So like,
2: how you feel about your sketchbook? That,
1: <laughs> exactly. So since he said that, I was like, okay. And I, as an artist, you can just make another one. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not. I've never recreated a painting, but like, I can make something better. Mm-hmm. Right. So since then, I've had no problem. Selling artwork, and there was a piece. There's like one piece that I like really, really loved. I painted it, and I literally sold it like that weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was because I was painting it for a show in DC. We had just moved back to Covington, and uh, I finished it, put it in my car, drove it to DC, and sold it like within an hour of getting to the city. And I didn't. I I feel, you know, I didn't have enough time with it. Like, I didn't have time to appreciate it. It was like too quick. Everything
0: like, happened too quick. And then at the end, right. you were like, oh, shit. I kind of want to keep look it around at it, for a I still
1: bit. have, like, a picture of it that I look at. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I really liked that piece. Like, it was a yeah. really, really cool piece. But that's okay. If somebody yeah. wanted to buy it, like, if somebody wants to give me money for something that I make, then, like, that's awesome. Right.
2: But it just goes to show, though, that you thought it was a cool piece, and so did they. Right. Right? So that's got to be right. helpful. Like, a con- it's a, a compliment money. Like, I guess, monetarily a compliment to say, like, I like this piece so much that I want to buy it from you. So it helps you to keep going, too. Right.
1: And I had a piece above. We had a piece. This is the first piece I did in grad school in 2005. It had been above our couch for since we moved into our house. But I'd had it. And, like, I never wanted to sell it.
0: Was that the one with the three three girls or something? It
1: was a girl eating Chinese food on a front porch on a stoop. Oh, like a guy with a yeah, gun standing behind okay. her. It's a series I had started but never really progressed on called Urban Stereotypes. Mm-hmm. It was the idea of like, oh, everybody eats Chinese food. Everybody has guns. There's trash everywhere. Everybody sits on stoops. And I did another one of like a couple that are like smiling for a picture. And they both have like diamond encrusted grills. And it's like, it was a really fun like series Is I was that, starting.
2: Was Fat Rabbit in that same series?
1: Um, I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think I did that much long time ago in that, undergrad, That, still that was that. it. That was yeah.
2: the name of the painting, right? I
1: don't remember the painting, but I remember calling it that because I, I cuz that's the name of a ludicrous song. Right. And I was really into his and the ludicrous at the time. But um so I did this painting. It's one of my urban stereotype paintings. It's called Killing Time on the Stoop <clears throat> or Killing Time on the Stoop. Right. Um and I loved it and we had it and it was there and then people had asked me over the years if I would sell it. And I'd always said no. And I was like, no, like, I like it. Julie likes it. My wife likes it a lot. So I was like, I'm not going to sell it. And then somebody I work with down in Louisville asked me if I would ever consider selling it. And I was like, well, sure. Yeah, like, I've come to a point where I can, I've had enough time with this piece. I can let it go. So um, she bought it last year. And this is where I was like, I need to think of something to make to replace it, and that's where I was doing the like all white painting I was trying to work on. And I went a completely different way with what I have. You guys probably saw it a couple a couple weeks ago. It's like it's a mother and child. It's a Rohingya refugee mother and child, like on their own, like refugee caravan, mm-hmm. um, in India. And it's like this really striking picture of like a mother and like full, like. Head gown and dress and everything, like r- just really cradling this baby, that spoke to me. So I did that because I came up like I saw the picture around Christmas time, and it like reminds me of like Michelangelo's Pietà of Mary holding Jesus after he came off the cross, and it's like it says the exact same thing,
3: mm-hmm. right?
1: It's a it's about a mother and child bond, but based on where you stand. Right. On immigration, where you stand on Muslims versus Christians, where you stand on whatever, you might just be like, no, that's right. not a person, that's an animal, as some people or would say. Or it would be something that say, oh they would God. say,
2: I would never put that in my house. Right. 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 Or
1: like people are incredibly compassionate. Or people don't even see, they, they see beyond the garments right, and the skin color. And they say, oh, my God, that reminds me of when I was holding so-and-so as a newborn. Right. You know, so... Being a parent has, like, made me more empathetic than I already was. Like, I was always a very sensitive, like, empathetic kid. But, like, now having kids, like, my artwork has go- gone to, like, a different place. Right. You know, it's right. more about feelings and emotions than, you know, trying to be cool. Trying right. to make something cool. And that's right. something that I heard. Like, I heard this guy, He's the lead, he's the lead singer of Bleachers and the lead singer of... Uh, he's got a new band called Red Hearse. He, he writes a lot of songs. He writes a lot of Taylor Swift songs. But he said in an interview that was like, don't make music that you think people are going to think is cool. Make stuff that you think is cool. And then right. people will buy into that. They'll believe it. But that was see, my hardest problem. through the facade.
0: That's why I told her, is my hardest issue was like doing things that I love to do and that I find fun. Like this stuff and other people don't. And like my mom was like a big influence. It always goes back to your mom and like my grandma and like, why don't you paint more flowers? Why don't, you know what I mean? And it's like, cause mom, I don't enjoy flowers. They don't bring me any sort of feelings. It's more like I like this darker shit. Like, ooh, I like Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees or you know what I mean? So, and it's like people want you, like when you do custom work for people it's about them so it's like it's hard to be motivated and like be into it and want to put time into it because there's no attachment to it where when you're doing your own stuff you're attached to it because you find it interesting you think it's cool you put like a lot of my artwork has like written messages in it and stuff that only i would know about or you know about because i've told you and a lot of hitting meanings and sayings and things that Normal people wouldn't know about that, I know about, and that's what makes it fun for me. Now yeah. you're looking for it. I see you like, well, where is it at? You know, that one's easy to find, it's on his neck, right above his collar. Yeah, you see it? I
1: love... Yeah,
0: I, I love jades in every piece of my artwork. So, okay. every since I since did you, I, you
1: do that, or did, did you do that? Did you I put didn't that on that? all of his paintings?
0: No, she had that. nothing to do with it, but but since we got together, like she was a big part of my life. So I incorporated some sort of message to her. And after we had kids, I put my kids names and everything. Even if it's custom work I did for a, for a, uh, a customer, it would still be in there, but they would never find it unless they were truly looking or they asked me about it. So, you know, that it's just something that I look forward to. So I find it harder to do things custom for people than I do like, Hey man, I just want you to buy my shit. Yeah. You know, like, I just want you to buy this because you like my work. Yeah, right when I mean. we
2: when we left your house a couple of weeks after um, your barbecue, um, Dave and I were talking about your artwork, and we were just talking about um, the insane amount of detail and emotion that you can bring into people's faces. So yeah, I like was like...
0: Yeah, sorry. I'm cutting you off. Go
2: ahead. And that's how you roll, bud. Um, <laughs>
0: it's our life.
2: Yeah, that's my life. Like, so. just stop talking. Dave's going to talk now. <laughs> um, but... but like um like the one the girl with the freckles yeah like just looking at her like i could almost feel exactly what she was thinking at the time that that picture was taking so it was like and that's what i was saying to dave i was like i just like just really to see where like when i met you you were doing like pop art and it it had a lot of detail but it was more cartoony but now is like so realistic just, I love everything that you do, you. you know? So it, it's like, and that's always, I, I was like, did you see the one with the freckles? And yeah. you know, we talked about the piece that you're talking about too. And it's just, I just love how realistic it is just, Thank and you. you always, and it's, you know, like those are essentially chalk you know, they're like black Charcoal, and white. Yeah. yeah. So it's like,
1: it's just dust clinging onto paper fibers.
2: Right. That's and a, it's like, it's, you know, it's it's not.
0: Was that one on wood? The freckles one is that on wood? No. It on it's on paper too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, like your stuff just shows a lot more emotion than before. That's what I told her. Like I care about the faces your face. More than that's it. That's it. I like you really can see where you transitioned into faces from and the not neck like, down.
1: I don't. Yep. really And care I love about it. what it looks like.
0: I, that's like your. I, I just I think it looks so like you're so good at detail, in your faces.
2: So earlier when he was talking about like. Um, like, why would someone want an unfinished piece? Like, mm-hmm. that's literally what I said when, when we left your house was, I think that piece was unfinished, but I told Dave, I was like, I love that picture, and I would put it in a frame, and yeah. I know exactly where I would put it. You know, like, I just want it. There's some pieces
1: that I love, and, yeah. like, sometimes I'll stop them halfway because I'm like, I like this. Like, I got what I needed out of this, right. whether it's, like, a release from, like, reality or I'm trying to, like, figure out, like, oh, what would this look like with Freckles? what would this be? Um right. So, yeah, it's, it's funny. I like, I went through a transition. I went from painting like really comic book, like poppy, really saturated colors to this charcoal stuff. That's like, mm-hmm. so let me tell you about the transition. <clears throat> uh, Julie and I went to Italy in 2010. This is like a postponed honeymoon that we took. And, my favorite period of art history is the Renaissance, the Italian Renaissance, the Southern Renaissance, not that bullshit that happened in the North with, like, Hieronymus Bosch and all that shit. That um, I have no idea.
0: Okay, so... <laughs> that was my Southern worst subject. Southern Renaissance would be,
1: like, Michelangelo, Raphael, all the Ninja Turtles, uh, like, uh, Botticelli. Right. Dante was writing. Monet? Um, Dante, he's from a writer... Plank. He wrote, like,
0: okay.
1: uh, he wrote, like, the Divine Comedy. Uh-huh. He wrote Machiavelli, The Prince. Um, like, Galileo was doing science. Like, it was the light. It was the, the rebirth, right. the Renaissance was. So it was, like, the rebirth from the Dark Ages to, like, incredible culture. Uh-huh. So <coughs> we went there, and, like, we went to the Uffizi Museum, which was the Medici's private offices, which is now a museum, mostly of their collection. And... Uh, I got to see all these incredible pieces. But beyond, like, the stuff I had seen in art history books, like, they had all of these, like, cartoons displayed, which is what the Renaissance masters would call their sketches. They would call them cartoons. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's this incredible appreciation for them, but then, like, they're good, but they're not realistic. Like, hearing them called cartoons made me compare them to, like, actual cartoons, like... This looks more like a Disney face than Or at least to know where Cartoon
2: Disney came from, Right? right?
1: Right. So it made me realize like this is what I really like. This is what I'm attracted to. This type of artwork. So and like the cartoons would always be on like wood or canvas or panel or something and it's always just like with with a crayon or with chalk or something. So I came home, put my paint away, put my brushes away and all that shit, and I had like 100 yards of canvas and I was like well I don't want to paint anymore because I was going through this weird period where I was like I went to school for painting I went to graduate school for painting like I have degrees I'm paying thousands of dollars like tons of money in student loans for these degrees in painting and then I come home and I'm like I don't want to paint anymore and it's like It's like, it's a weird feeling because you feel obligated to paint because this is what you paid all this money for and all this schooling and education for. And I was like, I got to this point where I was like, if I make a painting and I mess up, I can just paint over that. If I mess that up, I just paint over that and I can keep painting it over it until it gets right the way I want it to look. But like, how boring is that? Like for me, there's no excitement. There's no like, and nobody's like, I'm gonna go do some exciting artwork in my studio. Like charcoal is not
0: so much forgiving, Right.
1: Right. So what I did was I took my canvas, I cut it into, it was four feet wide, cut it into six foot strips. So I had all these four foot by six foot, And I had this huge firehouse studio, so I pinned them all up on the walls, and I started doing, like, full-body or half-body portraits of people with Conte crayon, which is, like, even more unforgiving than charcoal, on this raw canvas. So what this did was it made me appreciate every inch of the canvas. Because if I made a mistake, I had to make it work, because there's no erasing this. There's no getting a knife and, like, scraping it off. Like, yeah. it is where it is, and it will be there forever. So that made me, like, slow down and, like, look at this part of the cheek or look at the side of the nose and give that just as much prominence as the eye right. or just as much prominence as the teeth. Like, everything became, like, important, it, important, and it was also everything became its own, like, masterpiece. Like, everything needed to sparkle. Do you feel so, like that
0: t- took more time, though?
1: It took way more time, but it was so much more fulfilling. So I transitioned from that to charcoal on these Uh pieces. But then I found out with the charcoal, when I move it, it's just like a dust storm. It's like Pigpen and and Snoopy cartoons where it's just like, oh, I need to take this out and spray it. And then all the dust, all the charcoal is falling off and shit. So you're like, fuck it. So I went from that to doing charcoal drums on panels. And I was like, the wood will leave – it will leave a history of everything you erase. Right. And, like, I became just fascinated doing these, like, very old-looking pieces because it's panel pieces with charcoal and it's done in this kind of, like, Renaissance cartoon style. Um, And I was like, I want to do all these with gold frames. And – but I didn't have – the money to, and I didn't. Right. I didn't. I couldn't justify spending a bunch of hundreds of dollars on gold frames. So I would go to like rummage shops or thrift stores, buy like go, gaudy gold framed mirrors yeah. that were like cracked, right, for like ten bucks a piece. And then I buy the it, throw the mirror in the garbage, and keep the frame. And then yeah. I'd make panels that fit right. that. So I would get like a big four by eight sheet of plywood and cut it into that exact size. Right. So. The cost of framing was almost nothing.
0: Oh, yeah, and I because you
1: bought get this, buy it, like, yeah. really cool look. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a, so. I worked at that the transition. frame shop. It was like that. Yeah. I, I still got some over here that are just random frames that you find yeah. that they throw away. or Goodwill, probably a good spot. Yeah. Artists love Goodwill. Uh-huh. And uh, what's the place over there by St. Vincent de Paul. Yeah, St. Vincent de Paul. So um, then
1: I found, like, a 18 by 24 pad of... Uh, just, like, regular vellum paper or whatever the paper is. Strathmore or whatever it's called. And uh, found out that Michael sells, like, really nice, like, black or white two-inch wide frames for, like, 12 bucks a piece. Right. And it fits that size.
0: You're talking, like, these poster
1: frames? No. Yeah. They're, like, two inches thick. They're,
0: like... Oh, big frame. High. Okay, yeah.
1: And it's 18 by 24. So I was, like, shit. Like, if yeah. they sell these at a really affordable price... And I can get a whole pad of paper at that size. Right. So now, like all my drawings are 18 by
0: 24. 18 by 24. They always have
2: the coupon too, 50% off. Yeah. So you can get Email one for 50% you. off. Yeah.
0: Is a, yeah, it's a great spot. It is you know? a great spot, especially for supplies. artists. You can get supplies there cheap. You know, yeah. I fi- I find like, you know, like Prismacolor pencils and shit like that. But that 50% coupon really makes it a little bit easier. Absolutely. Because you know you're getting. I mean, fifty percent off of that hundred and twenty yeah. Prismacolor color thing,
1: <laughs> and that's something you have to get over. Because as an art student, like at the art academy, like if you get your supplies from Michaels, you're like such a loser. Like
0: True, you're such yeah. a you idea. Like,
2: like get it from Suitors
1: down yeah, on Vine Street. Yeah, or Plaza like, <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> go pay eight bucks when you could pay a dollar fifty here. Because right. it's like, oh, I, I don't want to be called out for being like. Right that guy who shops at Michael's or Hobby yeah. Lobby or whatever. but Then like, you get
0: out of college and you're like, fuck that, I'm going for cheap <laughs> shit because yeah. my money. kids got to eat. Yeah,
1: yeah. and yeah. it's, you know what, there are professional artists who buy their stuff. They buy supplies from Walmart. They yeah. buy supplies from Target. Oh, yeah. Like, if yeah. they got the supplies,
0: get the You best can get place. acrylic paint at Walmart. Yeah. And it's cheap.
1: It's so when cheap. I started this transition, when mm-hmm. I was in graduate school, I put in, like, I don't know, like 10 or 11 paintings in my thesis show. And I sold like six or seven of them. And I was selling these for like $1,500 or $2,000. It was expensive. It's the most money I'd sold paintings for.
0: Right.
1: But then when I transitioned into doing drawings, I was like, well, fuck. Like, I buy this pen of paper. Each piece costs about 35 cents or a dollar. Right. The charcoal I'm using about a dollar's worth of charcoal. So like I looked at like how much right. money I'm putting into it, like with the frame all in, it's less than twenty bucks.
0: But it's your time though too. It is like, my do time. You, but like, ha- see, I feel like as an artist, like my problem was valuing my time, right? Because but I never put a value on how much it is, like hourly or whatever, you yeah. know, because. Like, I'm old school, so, like, a lot of the people come to me for new school shit. Like, hey, man, you know, you did shirts. Can you throw me up a logo? Like, yeah, but it's going to take me a long time because kids that go to college know how to do this in three hotkey moves and can create it in five minutes where it's going to take Dave, who... You can do it by hand. I got to do it. You draw it out. No, well, that or I draw it it or transfer transfer it into a... It's going to take me five, six hours. Yeah. So people don't want to pay for the old guy to do it. Yeah. They want the new guy that, that can do it in five That was minutes.
2: something that I learned early on in life um, about that um, because my grandma, um, she was a China worker. So um, her company sold China, but she would paint um, like coffee mugs. Yeah. And um, she would hand paint them and she would hand paint gold on the, on oh, the yeah. top and yeah. she would you know hand paint gold the for the well on the handle yeah. and um so you couldn't put them in the microwave because they're gold so yeah. and then she actually had a kiln at her house and she would fire them in her wow. kiln and um she would do like you know like church craft shows and stuff with them and like she would sell them mu- like a coffee mug just a normal size coffee mug and she would ask like seven dollars for it yeah and to me for the amount of work she put in was like super reasonable. Cause she had to buy the, chi- the white yeah. China mug and she, w- the cost of fire it and everything. And uh, I remember just, you know, she would do it for extra money, you know? And um, a lady said to her was like, why would I buy this mug for $7 when I can buy one at the dollar store for a dollar? And I was like,
1: yeah, you could, like, go go buy it. Then,
2: yeah, so then yeah. go buy it. You know, but it was like, for me, and that, so when he started pricing his art, like, I kind of took that, like, but to me, in, in the I back think of people, my head, because he would wanna... say, well, at my job I make... an hour and this piece took me 40 hours so it should be 1600 bucks but at the same time like it's only worth also what people will pay for it so it's like just like he said it'll take me six hours to do something someone else could do in five minutes but like if I can find someone to do the exact same thing as you in five minutes then it's only worth that amount regardless of how long it took you right You know, so it's like you also, you know, like I understand the whole like creative process and that part of it, but also like the economics prices. Like you're saying it takes (coughs) me, my cost is less than $20 and it's my time. But if someone looks at it and like you were saying at the Art Academy, you were selling these pieces, but it also might have had like, I'm a person coming in and these are upcoming artists that might someday become prestigious. So I'm willing to pay two grand for this piece now because- what if he blows up in the future? I think he has yeah. a lot of promise. And you also have the backing of the Art Academy behind you. This besides. wasn't the Art
1: Academy. This is at Micah. Oh, so. This is well, it.
2: still, like, okay, so. Art Academy right?
1: students might sell their stuff for that much, too.
2: Right, and that's what I'm saying. So, that like, that also helps <laughs> as, like, a promotional tool behind oh, yeah. it to also help to get that because, like this artist is being featured in this thing for whatever the reason is. And it might just be an ongoing process. But if someone's like a new art collector and they go, like we go, like Dave would do the Mount Adams art show and there'd be a ton of different types of art there. (laughs) Like the bottle
0: cap dudes. Yeah, yeah, the bottle cap guys. And it's
2: like, you're walking through and there's all this different kinds of art. And like, you would hear them talking shit about each other.
3: yeah,
2: But like the bottle cap people were sound shit like crazy. yeah, But it's like, because if I come and I see Dave, and I'm, you know, doing the Mount Adams Art Walk.
0: Uh, trying and, to spend eight $900. Yeah, and
2: he has a piece that says $500 on. And then I go down and I'm like, I love art. I don't have a ton of money to spend. And then right. it's like these people who are hand painting bottle caps and they're selling them for $2. I'm like, yeah. and get me yeah, some bottle you caps. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's not because I value his art less than them. It's just affordability and when I look at it and I say can I in my own life can I justify spending $800 or $500 on this piece right. or justify being able to spend this much on this and still satisfy my art craving that's what like puts you in the whole like macroeconomics of the
1: right so the art like thing. people like you like collectors like you are the people that I think about when I price my artwork like my drawings now are between 200 and $400 depending on how big they are um, because I want people to be able to afford them. Like, I don't want to, I'm not going to spend the time I spend and sell it for a hundred bucks, right. but $200 is a very reasonable price for a drawing of that size. Right. But I also do small pieces like the piece I gave you. I sell those for like a hundred or 150 bucks. Um, cause I want people to collect artwork. I want people to appreciate it. And you know, I think it's important. Like it's important that you don't over you shouldn't understyle yourself, but you shouldn't overprice yourself either. Like because if you have if you have a whole apartment full or a whole house full of your own artwork that you think is worth this much money and nobody else does, right? What's the point? Like you just you just have your own collection of your own artwork.
2: It's all just for you know emotional attachment. I think like you know like when people are like, oh well, this was my mom's and. You know, just I watch these shows and i will be like, This was my mom's wagon. So I want three hundred dollars. What was it? Antiques roadshow. Yeah. No, not antique roadshow. Um, that guy who goes around to all these people's houses who are essentially hoarders and buy stuff for his show, like oh, antiques really, kind of pickers? thing. But
1: American Pickers. American
2: Pickers. And they'll be like, um, you know, it'll be like an old red wagon and he'll be like, yeah. I'll give you a hundred dollars and he's like, Well, this was my mom's wagon. It's so I need value. four yeah. I need four hundred dollars for it, and he's like I can't you know like that's it's people not worth 400. dollars.
1: emotional attachment to that stuff, you know.
2: Right, and that's what that's what I think. Like you can make a ton of art, but if you never sell anything, the only thing it's worth is is just sentiment.
1: Well, it comes down to like what are you making it for? Right. Are you making it because because you have to make artwork? Are you making it because you want to make money off of it? Are you making it cuz you want to show it to people? Like I want my artwork to be seen by people. I'm not going to get rich off it. Today I'm not going to get rich off it. But if I can, if people buy it and they get happy when they see it, that's, that's really good for me. That's that makes I'm me at. really yeah. happy. Like it fulfills me to, like to my, know that people hang my artwork in their house.
0: My favorite thing is when they just look at it for a while. Like I want you to look at a piece of artwork for like 10 minutes. Like, a, you know, I, I try to put so much detail in it that you could stand. And look at that, like the uh, the one upstairs. Like Brody was just here, and that's all he looked at the whole weekend. He was here.
2: He's four, yeah. and he just four. kept going. I just can't stop looking at it. And, it's and that, he was like, just stand you know, it's there. all
0: cartoons and stuff. Yeah. And it's like that's what I want because that's an art piece that would be at Children's Hospital. That yeah. kids go into the hospital see that, and they're like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. I remember <laughs> that cartoon or this or that. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, that's, that's how I feel about art. Like, I feel like the longer you look at it and the more you talk about it, the better it is. You know what I mean? Like with yeah. yours, your faces and stuff, like we talked about it on the way home, how much you went from the painting yeah. to the faces. And there's so much emotion in those, the, the, the faces that you, you, you draw with the charcoal. Yeah. It's just, and
2: I think so Dave and I, we definitely have different tastes on like what we like. You know, yeah. and like I had this one drawing that was just like a charcoal drawing, wasn't very detailed of a girl like sitting like s- like side with her arm up like this, and it it was like a charcoal outline, and then like the dress was like brown and stuff. Like that was my favorite piece of art <laughs> in our whole house, and There's it ended a up
0: piece she bought at Target. Though. I did, but I yeah. still uh, I it's loved it. That's, piece. Fine. that's fine. Somebody made money off that because that's somebody's artwork, right? Hey, right. I, but I, I, but
2: I still loved I've it,
1: contacted right? contacted it like ikea to see how they source their artists and oh see, really I, like i've contacted places like it's Target funny that you say like, ikea
2: because back in the day i would say to dave i could see mike's art here at ikea yeah because you were doing those giant like the giant yeah. pop <clears throat> drawings and I, and that's what they were selling at ikea too at the time i was yeah. like i could totally see mike's drawings here
3: yeah,
2: yeah. But that was, like, my favorite piece, and then I had my carpets cleaned, and the guy ended up, like, knocking it off the wall. Oh, my God. And he, like, when he was going back and forth, and and they didn't pay for it or anything. Yeah, Yeah, and I was pretty bummed about it. So now that spot is actually bare. (laughs) I never replaced it because it was just, like, well, because it's just sad. Like, that was my favorite piece. So, like, I'm just always on that lookout for, like, the new new thing to go there. You know, so that's what I was just, you know, when I was talking to Dave, I was, like, You know, Mike has just changed so much from, like, when I first met you to now. It's just amazing.
1: Yeah. I used to make artwork that I thought was cool, that I thought was, like, very trendy. And now I just make artwork that makes me
0: happy. Yeah. makes you happy. Yeah. So. That's what it's all about.
1: Shockingly making other people happy,
2: too. Yeah. It made me happy. I talked about it the whole way home, so.
0: We're at two and a half
2: hours right now. Sure. Well, let's start asking some questions so we can... Oh, uh, we're going to wrap it up. So we can wrap we it up. To- I think my last question for you would be, um, what would you hope your legacy to be? Like, do you feel like you're at what you, like where you're at now is what you want to be remembered for? Or do you hope to continue to progress into something totally different? Because definitely now I, you're it's still people that you're, you know, that you're working on, but it's, to me is night and day from where you were like, do you hope to continue and that maybe you'll be like a whole like now you're in, you were in night now you're in day and you hope for another night to come in your lifetime. Or do you think like,
1: I would like to have my artwork, you know, I I would obviously like to be eventually just become a professional full-time artist um, without a nine to five full-time day job. Um, it's really hard to get to that point. I would like my art itself to be able to speak to more people universally. Um, the artwork that I like the most now is, like, stuff that deals with people's personal identities. Um, <clears throat> but I don't have any, like, great struggle to talk about. Like, I mean, to be very blunt, I am a six foot three white guy. Who grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio? Like I don't have this huge struggle, you know. Right. I, I benefit from like just who I am physically. Mm-hmm. You know, I did the like DNA test because I thought it was fun, and my DNA makeup is like of the conquerors of the world. <laughs> yeah. It's like
2: You're like I'm super it's white, like
1: German, British, and like Scandinavian. <laughs> it's yeah. like there's no empathy for those countries. Like True. they tried to, all of them tried to conquer the world. Multiple like, times. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I can't really make artwork about that. And it's like, you know, I want my artwork to speak to people. I want it to be like relatable and empathetic and interesting, but it's like, it's hard to get there. I mean, for me, mm-hmm. it's hard to get there and that's fine. It's a slow process. You know, Dr. Seuss didn't start making books until he is in his forties. Like, it, and that's the good thing about artwork, you know. It's like it's like playing golf, man. You can play golf when you're 90 years old.
0: Yeah. I
1: can make artwork when I'm 90 years old.
0: Yeah,
1: it's not. So I stay like I do these drawings now. Knock the rust off every once a month. Try different techniques, and when I come up with my idea, and that's the other part of me. Like I, a lot of artists, they're like, "Oh, it's not that I'm not popular. I'm just not popular yet." Right. Like I'm just waiting for my time. Like everybody mm-hmm. expects it to happen. You know, and I'm no different. Like I'm just like, well, when that great idea comes, you know, I'm going to be ready for it. Technically sound. Like my drawings, my draftsmanship will be there. I just need that idea. Right. right. And it's like, you know, some idea you might have that you're real passionate about today, you'll be embarrassed about next year.
2: Or maybe so. that, but honestly, you, you never know. Maybe that has already happened, and your piece is out there that will be the one that pops, but in 100 years.
1: Maybe.
2: Like, I'm sure people, you know, I'm sure when Starry Night was, you know, painted, yeah. he wasn't like, this Nobody. is it. This Nobody is the one. On Everybody's going to know this one.
1: Nobody was big on that one that was painted. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. well, that's but what like. I'm saying. I'm sure when he did that, he was like, oh, you know, and just then. another piece. Yeah, it's just another piece, and then, you know, he you know, whatever. A hundred years later, everybody's got it, and you know, my son has it in his room. And or yeah. they're making a Batman version of Starry Night, so, and there's a I Cincinnati mean, version of Starry Night,
1: and Van Gogh was kind of unbalanced, dude. Like he was, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he probably thought every piece was a masterpiece, and everybody else is an idiot. But <clears throat> you know, you never know what's gonna happen, right? You know, it's crazy. Like Michelangelo did David when he was like 24 years old. Most incredible sculpture I've ever seen. And it's like, did was so young. He Did the Sistine Chapel when he was 33. Didn't paint. He hadn't painted in 20 years since he was 13 when he did that. So can I tell you guys an interesting story about the Sistine Chapel? Right. Uh-huh. So Michelangelo got the commission to do the ceiling for that. He hadn't painted since he was like 13 years old. So why would you give somebody who's not a painter commissioned to do the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. It doesn't make sense, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the history of this is the Vatican was originally, the, what people call the Vatican, which is the St. Peter's Basilica, was down by the banks of the river. And it was like real shitty ground. It was like falling apart. So they had to move it. So they, when Pope Julius came in to power, he demolished it and started, hired a, uh, De Bramante to design the new St. Peter's, right? He did the whole church. Uh, Michelangelo did the dome. Um, and then a hundred years later, uh, Bernini did the like main entrance. So, but Bramante was the main guy. He was an architect in the Renaissance. Fucking hate it, Michelangelo. Okay. Cause Michelangelo was an artist, but his architecture was much more celebrated than Bramante's was. So he had Pope Julius's ear and he was like, oh, well, we're going to build this right next to this chapel called the Sistine Chapel. You should have Michelangelo paint the ceiling, okay? So at the time, these chapels, the walls were for master artists. Botticelli did the walls, the birth of Venus artist. The ceiling was stuff that was done by apprentices. It was much underneath a master. I can nurse. understand like just being on your back
2: the whole time or like angled up. was on his up. back.
1: He's like... He, for four years, he was just looking. I know, but that's what I'm thing. saying. Like that, and it's like
2: being like this <laughs> or being like this for four years is oh, yeah. like the huge difference.
1: So <laughs> it was like a complete like this. Like you should let him do that, but it was a com- it was a total setup because the idea was, if he does it, if he turns it down, he will look like he was in co- unconfident with himself, and he will be looked at as a lesser artist. If he takes it. He's never done a fresco painting in his life, which is when you mix pigment with wet plaster. So you have a very short timeline to get the paintings done. If he does it and it's not good, everybody would be like, oh, he's not as good as we thought he was. Right. So basically he was trying to ruin Michelangelo's career by doing this. And then he wound up doing it and just like fucking killing it. And it's like, People think this was, like, this great commission. Like, he knew it was going to be this masterpiece. But for four years, he was, like, filled with just crushing anxiety about how this is going to make or break his career. And it's like, he's he's doing this, like, fucking painting. He's never painted. Like, he hasn't painted in years. And the reason he did this, <clears throat> like, one of the biggest reasons is, so Bramante got the commission to do St. Peter's Basilica. Michelangelo at the time was doing... Pope Julius's tomb, and he had spent months quarrying marble from Carrera, and he's like, the tomb is like this massive piece. It's like 130, 140 larger than life, carved like angels and slaves and workers and saints and all these people with like this huge Moses in the front, and like it was getting so much hype compared to the the remake of the Vatican's Basilica, that, like, Bramante couldn't handle it. So he was like, you should take Michelangelo off that project. Like, shut that down, because it's bad luck to have your tomb built while you're still alive. So you should shut that down, and then you should have him do this. So he crushed, like, this is Michelangelo's favorite piece he was ever working on, got shut down, cut off the funds, crushed him, and then on top of that, they're like, you're going to paint this which we usually give to teenagers to paint. Right. And you're going to fail at it, probably. And it's just, like, absolutely insane. That's how, like, arguably the most known painting in the world, the history of the world, was a complete setup to make, to ruin someone's career.
2: I also read a thing about it was that the painting that he did of of the chapel was actually, like, an ode to his boyfriend, that he was gay, and that that whole painting was done... As like uh, almost like a gift for his boyfriend
1: on the ceiling.
2: Yeah, like I know what's up there and stuff, but it's supposed to be like with the angels. It's supposed to be him, and then they're barely touching fingers because their their relationship was was like very hush hush. Birth and, of Adam. Yeah, the and it was of it, God touching Adam's finger. Yeah, and that they weren't <laughs> they they weren't allowed together, and that's why it's. I didn't hear that. Yeah, but, I, I literally just read that like two days ago because I was trying to do research for this. But.
1: <laughs> so those fingers actually weren't even painted by Michelangelo. Really? Because during like a, it, there was a like a dynamite factory or like a gunpowder factory like a, couple, like a block away and there was a huge explosion at the gunpowder factory. It like shook the Vatican City and like a huge piece of the ceiling fell out right there. So that was repainted by somebody else.
2: Oh, wow. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. So everybody sees that it's reproduced everywhere. It's like well, that's yeah. like one of the few places that actually wasn't done by Michelangelo.
2: But they credit they credit it to him though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Just like on David, his arm was broken off, and uh, vasario had to repair it. It's like a desk got thrown out of a window at City Hall, <laughs> busted the arm off because it used to be outside of City Hall in Florence.
0: That's crazy. crazy. That is crazy.
2: That is crazy too to have a, like to know how important that piece is to history now and to know is just hanging out outside. Yeah. Like in Detroit, yeah. they have the giant fist, the fist facing yeah. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, that should be inside. Like it, I just feel like it's so representational Detroit. Like that should be in the DIA. Like yeah. when you walk in, there's that.
1: The big fist. Yeah. It should be right in the courtyard or somewhere.
2: Or, you know, the, the Detroit.
1: <clears throat> the DIA has got my favorite, uh, art piece title ever walking through with uh, Julie friend because she was trying to like show me around Detroit and uh, I saw this painting. It was like of a British guy or something, like a peasant <laughs> and the title just said Portrait of a Man, Possibly Edwin. <laughs> but there was like no <laughs> context to it. Nice. And I was like, who the fuck is Edwin?
2: Like, you know, I gotta know this
1: story. <laughs> There's like no possibly context Edwin. whatsoever. Possibly Edwin. is like the ultimate cliffhanger title. It is true. It's like, like even like that was like ten years ago. I like still Edwin, wonder, aware. Like, who the fuck was this Edwin guy? Like, does he know? Does he know this piece is here? Yeah. Can, like, he come and confirm this.
2: That is funny.
1: The mystery, the mystery man,
0: dude. We're at two hours and thirty six minutes.
2: It's been two and a half hours. I think we've spent a lot of time, and Mike's probably tired and want to go home. Yes. Too. So, sure. so we appreciate you coming. And yeah, I for me on. probably can think of a million more questions to ask you. There's so I'm much so stuff.
0: I wanted to hit the nine 11, but that's not happening because that <laughs> happened this week. I was curious to know where you were at when that happened.
1: I was in painting class.
0: You were at painting hours. class where
1: I was painting right outside of the art Academy. I was painting a tree.
0: You're right. I was in painting because I was out of school then.
1: And then I came in because somebody was like, Oh my God, you come into the break room and see what happened. And I saw like, they kept showing highlights and I was like, what? "What the fuck? Who would be so fucking stupid? You run into a building, and like, I literally just was convinced there was like some pilot trying to like get the some passengers, yeah. Yeah. like a really good view of Manhattan." And I was like, "Who, who would do that?" Because I had just gone to the top of the World Trade Center like the year before, or two years before, <laughs> and so I was familiar with the building. And I was like, "That's crazy." And then when the second plane hit, I was like. What What are the odds? (laughs) What are the odds that two pilots on the same day? would it like I was so innocent, so
0: like wow,
1: I had no comprehension that like somebody would attack us. Like we we didn't have that fear. Like we were untouchable. And like my eyes, it would never happen. Pearl Harbor was well. They tried to bomb
0: the buildings a couple times there in like like, '94. Yeah,
1: and then in like uh, Oklahoma City, I think. Yeah, but like a plane. Like I thought it was just pilot air, and then the second one, like I swear to God, like four, four or five planes could to hit that building, and I would have been like,
0: "Man, this what is, are all these pilots coming from? Is, is this like the a, same yeah, academy? Like <laughs>
1: somebody should check their radars yeah. or something." Like I,
0: <laughs> are they I was so innocent in about or? like, yeah,
1: and then it's like within like a day they were like, "Oh, we we found out it was Osama Bin Laden in Afghanistan," and I was like, How did, It took you a." 24 hours to figure this out? Like, how did you not know about this? No
2: heads up before. Right. Makes sense.
0: Crazy shit. But
1: yeah, I was like, for y'all, you yeah. know, it was, it's a weird time, man. It and is. somebody was talking about that yesterday, the day before. They're like, <laughs> it's crazy to think that people who are born that are 18 years old right now. Not only like, I would think like, it's crazy. You guys didn't witness that. Like right. you're too young to remember that. Right. But the crazier part is, you weren't born soon enough to experience life in America prior to that, like right. before the TSA screenings, yeah. before the, like, True. mass shootings at schools. Like, there was a lot of really great childhood memories that we got that yeah. our kids and other kids might not get because of, like, our high alert, our, you safety, know, green, safety. yellow, yeah. orange, red, right. like, all that shit. Yeah. And it's like know man well i mean Back look at the it, day like before we were born you were able to smoke on planes yeah
2: oh for sure yeah, oh yeah like, they had the ashtrays
0: in the arm you used to I be remember. able to
1: smoke in the westwood mall It was well, a mall and then, then i also Lentway. think
2: that um it, like a new level of prejudice rolled out with it right so it's Absolutely. like um uh, it so for me growing same up same
1: level but aimed at different people now
2: well i think it's like religious prejudice L- when i was a kid growing up like you know you always heard racist right for me, it was always hearing people talk about black people or, um, Arabs because Detroit Detroit, has the highest uh, Middle Eastern population outside the Middle East
1: writing on your highway signs.
2: Right. And the, but the majority of the people are Chaldean, which are like Christian Middle Eastern people and not Muslim, but you know, Dearborn is full of Muslim people as well. And they have, like you said, the writing. but, um, so I would hear that, you know, but then growing here, like moving here, I'd never seen like a Middle Eastern person at all. I thought it was crazy. It was like white people and black people and a few Mexicans. You know, it's like no Middle Eastern people at all. And then like when 9-11 happened to see like, you know, you heard a a little bit about Jewish people, you know, some little bit of Jewish prejudice as far as religious wise. But then once 9-11 happened, then there was a whole new like, I never want my kids to learn about Islam and Muslims and blah, blah, blah. And it's like. All the same shit. Same God.
1: I know. It's
2: all rolls up. But I, I think it's just, uh, I guess I didn't really have the idea that that prejudice would continue to roll for this many years after, oh my God. I know. You know. And
1: people think they're so special. They think their God is so special. Like yeah. Regardless of what religion you're in, you're like, this is the real God right here. You guys are following the dummy God. And it's like the same god it's the same it's like i don't believe in
2: aliens but i want aliens to show up and be like i made you guys (laughs) because so many people be fucked up like none of your gods are real your god is that guy right there like he made you genetically engineered you're like fucking corn
1: i saw a meme a couple years ago that was like if aliens ever flew by earth they would lock the doors (laughs) (laughs)
2: like it's so yeah but it's to me it would just be you know like how quick would that, all of that shit end if they just showed up and was like, yeah, we made you guys.
1: Yeah. We I mean, genetically engineered
2: like you guys and you- we tried it out. We wanted to see if we could, like for us, we're always trying to make, um, you know, like AI, artificial intelligence, um, new robots, make yeah. them more like us, as close to us as possible. Let's make them be able to jump and run and whatever else, like maybe where their robots, where they're you know, genetically engineered thing We're their yeah. experiment for them to show up and be like, yeah, this shit didn't work out. Yeah. You we're know, gonna, like, we're restart pull, this. pull, restart. Yeah, pull the power button. Turn. Mars, you're Preparis looking nice today. Race. Yeah, we're going to, tra- this is a failed experiment. We're going to move over here to Mars. Just letting you guys know this is not really working out. We're going to try something new over here. So heads up, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of thing. And that would just so end promptly because then at that point, everyone would know, we are all from the same thing and it's this Yeah, and we just, you know,
1: but I mean, we are from the same thing. And what I hate about like the aftermath of nine 11 is that people blame it on religion. They're like, and not that I'm not a religious person. I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic schools. I don't believe in any of it. And it's, but but I believe in just being good to people. Right. right? I believe in humanity. And I hate that people are like, so down on Muslims for the past 20 years. And it's like, it's 13 guys. Like, right. You can't say that every single person who follows Muslim or the majority of people who follow Islam are like that. Right. They don't believe that. It's like, the biggest religion in the world. Like, and it's the same people who are like, how many Catholic priests, pedophiles have been charged or at least outed and they still go to Catholic church? Like, They're like, right. oh no, that's just one bad apple. But then if a couple bad apples and muslim apples do something it's like they're all bad
2: well but how many times have abortion clinics been bombed right you know it's like people
1: who want to save lives well
2: not just save lives but (laughs) but for their religion right like those are bad apples or you know whatever but it's like it doesn't fits people's narrative
1: they're like oh no like no no this is a bad apple but not here these people are all bad These people—it's just a couple bad apples.
2: Well, that's because they look alike.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's because these, it fits these, with their own like exactly. perso- personal, like history or their belief system, right? And like, and by
2: like saying these people are bad because of what they believe is like saying I'm bad because I also believe those same things. So it's just these guys aren't really this, right. and that's what you always hear. Oh well, they're not real Christians, or they're not real you know, Baptists or whatever. They're not real Catholics, whatever it is. But, you know, that's what they always just say. But these are the representative, the entire religion are these people that do bad things. So,
1: it's, and this is just the problem that people have, especially with social media. You hear so much more stuff now. It's not just like your racist uncle talking at the right. family uh, barbecue. Right. Now it's like you hear from everybody, co workers, friends, people you knew from high school, like friends of your parents. Like they go on Facebook and they rant yep. their shit and you it's are like, it And
0: you're like, oh, I didn't like, know. It's like, you know, that.
1: like some people need to understand, like, you can't help what you think, you can't help what pops into your head but you can help on whether you say that out loud.
0: Right. spread. Like, if right.
1: you grow up, if, if I grew up in like a really racist neighborhood, something might just inherently pop in my head, but I'm not going to say it because I'm not a racist person, but because of my history of hearing people, adults and older kids right. saying shit all the time, I will think of a memory and be like, Oh, that was really fucked up, but I'm not going to like repeat it. Like, Oh, you know what we used to say back in my day? Right. Like yeah. people don't understand this. It's like if you have a problem with with the cops, if you have a problem with this person because of their religion, you have this problem with this person because they need government assistance. Like you don't have to say that out loud. Right. Like you can just mind your own Internalize fucking
0: business. it. Yeah, but that's not fun. That's right. not fun for people. They wanna get a reaction out of you. They wanna see your face I when guess. they say that. Ooh, yeah. I got you.
1: Got you got you. you. I got you heated. I got you heated. Oh, you're you're getting worked up. Yeah, you're triggered. That's Yeah. I used to argue like years ago, I used to argue with my uncles and cousins online on Facebook and Julie was like, You need to stop this. It's fucking embarrassing. Like you're not changing guilty. You're not changing his viewpoint. He's not changing your viewpoint. You keep keep posting article links. I got got on her when and uh, I was like, Okay, so I'll stop. And for the past like three or four years, I've stopped doing this, and it's made my life
2: so much better.
0: Yeah. I got on her when she uh, got a text from a dude on Facebook that said, Fuck you, cunt.
2: I was or it like, said like stupid cunt or something. I was like,
0: "Who's this?" She's like, "I don't know." And it was just you know because Jade likes to go into the comments because that's oh, yeah. where the fun is. Yeah. So and no,
2: it's like to me that was it where it. Yeah. Well, it was like it was a news, so it was like WLWT posted an article, yeah. and it was about it was about it was about Muslims, and um, everywhere they put Muslim, I replaced it with Catholic priest. <laughs> And yeah. then he, res- that then he sent me an instant message. I didn't, I seen it, but I didn't accept it. So he can, can couldn't continue, but I guess Dave went in my Facebook and then he accepted it to see what else the guy said. That's all the guy said. But to me, I just didn't even want him to even know that I ever even seen it right. because then he gets some kind of gratification because the thing that I've learned being my size and, and being a girl is that, um, you know, it'll sound like man bashing, but- men will try to be ultra aggressive with me because they're bigger and they're stronger and you'll back down and they they think I'll I'll back down. down. Like they're just ultra aggressive on
1: the internet.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Even in real life I've had in real life too, but it's like, you know, there was times where we've been out and like people have just, well, men have said stuff to me and I'm just like, I'm here with a six foot five monster. So if you want to continue to say stuff, he'll be here any minute. And then they, like, leave. They don't have anything else to say. But if it's me in the car with my kids, then, you know, they want to roll their window down and call you names and stuff. Like, it happened in the Kroger parking lot. A guy blew a stop sign and almost hit me. I had to slam on my brakes. And then he seen me and thought I was going to hit him. Yeah. But it was really because he almost hit me. And then <clears throat> when we got up to the light, he rolled the window. He's like, you fat cunt, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is what we're doing, bud? Yeah. Like, this is what we're doing? I was like, you fucked up. Have a good right. day. You know, but it's, like, it's a stop sign. Like, are you angry, don't have man. to say that, like, well, at all.
0: more angry than I have been. I think it's our whole culture. We need more love. People don't understand <laughs> what that means. You know what I mean? Seriously. It, 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 that's it. That's what I tell everybody. Like, even at work. Like, my work's full of, like, misery. Misery loves company. That's what I tell everybody. Dudes will just fucking start going in, and you're like, dude, Why?
1: It's like seven o'clock in the morning. I, I didn't yeah, start it's like my day like I don't like want to
2: hear that. That's I'll get a text. That don't fucking start the, texting. The other day he got a text. It's it was like 6.55 in the morning. And they say like, uh, what's the difference between something and a whore? Like a steak and a whore. And it's like. Um,
0: yeah, you can cut one up and. It's like you don't feel
2: it's you don't feel sad when you cut up a whore or something. I'm like yeah. it's six. I go it's seven o'clock in the morning. Like,
0: do you want to fill your who head up with me? that shit that early in the morning? No, I'm not trying to start my day off on that. So I, I had to. Like, I was like, dude, I had to mute the group chat. I was oh, like, yeah. if yeah. if
2: does anyone actually who cuts up people feel bad regardless of who it is? Like, I, I was like, I don't even follow along with that joke anyway. It's
1: somebody yeah. trying to get a. Reactions. Yeah,
2: but it's like... it's Somebody without
1: o'clock. a personality that's trying to get a reaction. Exactly.
2: I'm like, so. it's 7 o'clock in the morning. Who sends yeah. that to a group of people? Like, if you see it on the internet and you giggle, there might be something wrong with you. But, like, internalize that and go, hee, hee, hee. Yeah. Don't, like, <coughs> save it and then send it to a group of your friends at 7 o'clock like in the morning. The older
0: I get, the less I want to have that space taken <laughs> up in my brain with yeah. that negative that. shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not... I'm not trying to verbally spar with you over shit, your political beliefs, your religion, whatever, like whatever, man. Like if that's what you're into, cool. Like let's yeah. talk about other shit or if you want to talk about that that's fine, but like understand that if I don't agree with you, I'm not trying to fight with you. I'm trying to like understand your way of thinking where I res- I expect you to do the same. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's just it doesn't happen. I I just
2: And like you said, the traveling is, you know, like uh, for me, I grew up super, super poor. I've talked about this before, you know, and Dave grew up middle class. So like when I first met his family, um, his mom thought I was white trash. Like she she thought I was
0: better. She was very adamant
2: about us not being together and thought he deserved better than me. And, you know, like I've kind of felt since we've been together that in the beginning, it was always about like proving that I was a decent person and that I was a hard worker and, you know, I'm definitely not trash, you know, but it was like, I felt like the need to prove that. And I, and I feel like if people just left where they're from, like, especially here on the West side, where a lot of families never leave, you know, and be able to see someone like someone who like me grew up like on food stamps and I had wick and like um, it didn't make me into this, like some sort of vision of this like ghetto welfare queen that my mom was just popping out. My mom had five kids, you know, and like, I'm sure people today, people that we know at that play sports with our kids, the parents would be like, you know, she kept, kept having babies she couldn't afford. She's well, having
1: babies so she can get all that government money. Yeah. Right, exactly. A, but it wasn't the, that at that's all. That's the rumor that's been around for both 40 my, years. Right, and both
2: yeah. my mom and dad worked. They just didn't have the skills that they needed to be able to have jobs. That like my mom had me when she was in high school, and they made her leave school. So,
1: so I mean, sometimes she, you just need help, and that's why we have government assistance.
0: Yeah, we were like, on it for a little it's bit too. So, It's so fucking easy for
1: people who aren't in that situation to judge people who are, which drives me absolutely crazy. Right,
2: like we had Dade, and right before I had Dade, he got laid off from his job. Right. And then I was working at UPS, but then I was going to be on maternity leave for six weeks, and he lost his job, you know, and it was like... We didn't have income. So we were on WIC for six months because he had lost his job, you know, and it was like
0: every time you go get WIC shit, man, they just shit (coughs) on you. It was the worst white. And I'm like, dude, like I would go to Kroger and this is what it's for. The only thing, the only thing
2: that I would ever get was just the formula. Like I would get coupons for like milk, eggs and cheese. And at first I got them, but it was like just too much that we weren't using it. So I never cashed those in and I only got the baby formula. And it was just for the first six months. But they, when I went, they like, you know, just treated me horribly. The cashier is at Kroger and I'm like... I make more than you do in my job. Just right. like I have this kid and my husband's not working. Right. You know, it's right. like, you don't know anything about me. And the right. lady, like the cashier literally said to another cashier, I hate people who have kids who can't take care of them. Yeah. And I'm like, We could take care of him up until, you know, like last month when he lost his job. And it was just like so frustrating. I'm like, I bust my ass every day and I never wanted this to happen. But I'm definitely not having kids so I can get more eggs and milk, you know. But
0: that's the thing that you were talking about earlier is like, right, like people take advantage of that system. So one little piece of shit in your pitcher of water just ruined all that water because that's the person you're looking at. Yeah. You're looking at the person who's on welfare, who's taking advantage of welfare and not using it for what it's for. That's who you're shitting on, and you just associate everybody else with that one person. But, like for of me going, though, Man. but for yeah. me
2: the way I grew up, I literally I do not see that at all. I have never one time in my life ever seen mm-hmm. an example of someone who was on welfare that was living some big fancy life. Well, never once.
1: It's not a reality. But in the early '80s, Reagan did a ta- did a speech, and he talked about. This fictitious welfare queen, mm-hmm. which everybody knows about, is not a real person, but it was a way to incite, like, fear of it. Honestly, is to invite, incite fear of non white people, right? And it was like, it wasn't necessary, but he was like pandering to his base, and also mm-hmm. to, and t- to push
2: trickle down economics, oh, right? right? Oh, like, if, if you all work, if everybody absolutely. works, everybody makes money, and this is the person who taking where he's from like, you
1: instead of. Instead of giving money to people who need it directly, we're going to give it to these wealthy billionaires. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have all this extra money and they'll be able to hire more yeah. people and it'll promote economy. We're going like, to trust them. Right. We're <laughs> yeah. going to trust the people who paid for my campaign right. uh, because I told them I'd hook them up after I got elected yeah. president. Like, it's all... Right. That's it's all is now. It's the right. same
0: shit now, dude. And it's
1: yes. like people... People don't have enough compassion for each other. It's like That's the people it. who you're most yeah. like, the citizens, are the ones you shit all over. Yeah. you Don't shit on the people who are like, like you're like, oh my God. You know, not you guys, but not anybody I really know. But like people are so upset. Like, oh, Mexicans are trying to come in here. steal do our jobs. And it's like, why are you getting mad at people trying to like, they're refugees. They're, they're like migrants they're trying to get a better life for their family they're yeah. coming from very violent places like Honduras and Guatemala and they're going to do like,
0: work you're not going well, no, like,
1: you to do why don't you get mad at the people who are like purposely lowering their wages to hire these guys instead of like having like a fair economy for you right. like
2: you never hear about all the things that happen to the people who hire illegal immigrants, but you always right. see, Oh, we're deporting all these illegal immigrants, but you never hear all the fines or anybody going to jail for hiring illegal immigrants. Yeah. Um, but on the other side of that too, is that like, for me, it's like, it's a way to make yourself feel better than someone else. Because yeah. if someone can come here from Mexico and not speak English and come here and take your job? Like, what's that really say about you? Because I always see these people on there that talk about how people who work at McDonald's shouldn't make any money because those are starter jobs. They shouldn't
1: make $15 an hour. And
2: my kids should be there because that's where they're getting experience and learning stuff. But then at the same time, they want their order right every time, on time, as fast as possible. Well, my 60-year-old son, and that's his first job, and that's his his first week, he's going to fuck up your order, sir. So it's like if those are the people... That you want working there because of their skill level, then you shouldn't have such a high expectation of service and quality because it is a starter job, you know. But if if those people can come here and take a job that you've had for however many years. That says more about you than it does about them. Well, it's, it's to you. You feel so low about yourself that someone could take a job you worked at for 30 years and not even can speak the same languages here. Yeah. To me, that's more of a, a way to, like, look down on someone else and try to make yourself feel better because you haven't really done anything in your life to gain any sort of skills.
1: A lot of people are just disconnected from reality, too. Like, minimum wage is, like, seven bucks. If you worked 40 hours a week every week for
0: Dude, and that's miles, not.
1: Like you cannot live on that.
0: Right, so It's not like, more than what I made. Mean. Right, when we were that age, I think it was like six fifty or six seventy. I thought it was five,
1: like five seventy five or something. It wasn't much. It hasn't it's gone not, up in like nine years. Lot.
2: I was waitressing. I made a dollar sixty five an hour plus tips. Look it's at like, cost
0: of living, dude. That hasn't we don't gone even up get. Much,
1: but like the point is, like, why shouldn't minimum wage be fifteen dollars an hour? Like people are like, oh, they don't deserve fifteen dollars an hour, and it's like, why? Right? Like why? Why? Why should people live poor and struggle? Because, Especially because when these you...
0: companies making that much money, like they can afford to pay you fifteen
2: dollars. W- well, Walmart is, that, is it's worth McDonald's. like
0: they're we not gotta struggling. close a couple McDonald's if we have. Well, to, look at right?
2: Walmart. They, <laughs> There's billions, one. Literally every they're worth billions block. of dollars, and their right. people are the biggest users of social services there is. is. Yeah. They're yeah. employees. So right. it's like you're giving them Somebody's all these tax Somebody's making breaks. money. So they're somebody. all making money.
1: Yeah. It's like,
0: no, but that's what I'm saying. The people who are making the money are going to continue to make money. And those are the people that we're not talking about. Those aren't the people that need the money. The people that need the right. money should be, you know, your workers, your, your bottom line people, you know, the yeah. people who keep that afloat, but it's the guys up top, you know, who are sitting on their yacht or whatever. They're yeah. making the money like Bezos and, you know, yeah.
2: Yeah. <sighs> What a way to end uh, it, friends.
1: Be compassionate.
2: Yeah, yeah. be compassionate.
0: Uh, th- this all went from the 9-11 talk. We jumped into the Well, 9 it did 11. because and
2: that's all the stuff that went from it and, yeah. it, you know, from our perspective, if you're being compassionate. Man, I
0: appreciate you coming on. Where can people uh, hit you up? Uh, Where do you want people to hit you up?
1: Uh, the Easiest place to see all my work is on Instagram. Uh-huh. Artist underscore Michael Hurst.
0: Artist underscore Michael Hurst. Yeah,
1: and they can go to your... Instagram and just okay. hit, hit us let, up. Let, yeah,
0: we'll link it. We'll link Let's it all together out. for this. Uh, hit give, you give up for beat. some artwork, man. Yeah, Questions, stuff, man. everything. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on, Mike. Everything.
2: Well, this has been the a Spouse Podcast, Episode 8. I'm Jade. And I'm Dave. And we're out.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to A Spouse Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoy recording them. Uh, just want to take a minute here to make sure that you follow us on all our other socials.
2: Um, on Instagram you can follow us on a, at a spouse podcast. that's E-S-P-O-U-S-E-D podcast. That's the same on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. If you want to send us a message, go ahead and email us at the same espousepodcast at gmail.com. Remember to rate us on your favorite podcast platform.
0: Yeah five and, stars And, and when, yeah, definitely five stars. In uh, the email leave us the negative stuff. But, <laughs> but make sure you rate us good.
2: Yeah, and don't forget to follow some of our other uh, podcast homies. Uh, My other podcast, Best Friend Show Podcast, with uh, retired pro wrestler, Hardcore Heather Owens, and then also uh, our Best Friend Show Podcast, Yoda uh, Defect, at Wicket 101, um, where you can view live on the Magic Ninja Entertainment channel.